very good morning to you. Welcome into the programme. We're coming to you live from Tonleys today. We're with you right through until 12 midday. A little later than usual. We have some wonderful people, though, uh, from Bohemore to tell us the story of one of the oldest parts of Galway. And we'll be joined by Phil Kennedy, Jerry Trainer, Willie Henry will be joining us. Rita Gilligan joins us. And uh, the OBE, she joins us. Pather Tonry, PJ Cabinet with some lovely sports stories with uh, John Morley and the crew there. Deb O'Connell joins us. We're looking at the uh, Connacht Tribune headlines as well on today's programme. And much more between now and 12 midday. Do stay with us. A very good morning to you. We're with you right through until 12 midday. And a very good morning to you. Welcome into today's programme. Keith Finnegan with you right through until 12 midday on this uh, Friday morning. Well, Bohormore is our stop for Community Matters uh, today. And I'm joined by two legends indeed. Phil Kennedy and Jerry Trainer joins us because they are native uh, to Bohormore. And uh, Phil joins me uh, this morning. Phil, morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Keith. How are you? Good. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the programme. And Jerry Trainer, morning to you as well. Thanks for joining good morning, us. Good morning, Keith. Phil, talk to me. Where, what part of Bohemore were you from? I'm from St. Anthony's Terrace and from my mother's house and my grandmother's house and Grace is from St. Anthony's Terrace and it all started there in 1937. Again, it's there's such history here so there is and you have such memories as well. Bohemore um, is the maybe first housing estate built in Galway and for those of you who are waiting to contradict me and say Clada Clada was never seen <laughs> as a housing estate Clada, Clada is a village it was a village it yeah, was a so village for yeah. anybody there we don't mean ye hmm. but um, Bohemore was the first housing estate and my grandmother and grandfather at that time we didn't have grandparents siblings that were grandmothers and grandfathers came in mostly in the Coraline from Cardindola mm. in from Connemara and we were we went into the houses we were put into and there were corporation houses there were corporation houses and they were very much belonged to the corporation yeah. and we had very much a sense of they allowed us to live in them and you would remember then the rent collector coming along at well Canada. now <laughs> the rent collector <laughs> I'm already on lockout. Tuesday, <laughs> Jerry Twain is carrying on scandalous here. Tuesday was rent day, which mm. was, we could just got everybody else home from the pub from Saturday. And Tuesday was rent day. And I thought, we thought it was fairly optimistic of Amby Roach to be coming up to Bournemouth looking for rent. <laughs> and um, Amby Roach. God be good to him, is the father of James Roach, yeah, the yeah, engineer. Yeah. And my mother would he'd knock at the door all day long, would say, where's Amby? He's down the shell houses. Where's Amby? And he said, not even a bird would fly over on Tuesdays. <laughs> and my mother, uh, she was very, I have to say I'm like her, she was very kind of brazen. And she'd go to the door without the rent, but not without lipstick. Okay. So she'd look the part. Well, she, no, she didn't have to look the part. She didn't have to look like a woman with six children and no rent. Yeah. So, um, the woman next door used to say, my husband backed a horse at 33 to 1, Mr. Roach. In the unlikely event that that horse wins, you will get the money, but I doubt <laughs> it very much. And was it, it was tough enough times? 
Well, you see, we didn't know that. I know, you were living through it. Yeah, we, we didn't know that. All, what I remember is, I'm 74 now, I'm fabulous, but I am 74. <laughs> and um, what I remember is, our mother's out um, sweeping paths. Yeah. And asking a corporation truck, Galway Corporation, mm. it draw it, a bigger crowd than Elvis Presley in the street. <laughs> Yeah, you'll be out, will you get us a knee shoot? Will you get us a bin? My mother asked a fella, will you get us a bin? And he did. And we looked the other side and said, the tavern bar on us <laughs> outside the gate. It, it was tough, but I certainly didn't see it that way. Mm. Women at the gates talking and laughing and putting in turf, the Connemara people, we put it in with them, mm-hmm. give us a few bags of turf. Um... You know, the, the women talking, they weren't talking about how low their self-esteem or, or were they happily married mm. or any of that old nonsense that we're talking now. Jerry, what, do you, what are your memories? <laughs> yes, Keith, uh, Coaster is uh, 34, I think. The house were maybe opened or around that time anyway. Yeah. My grandmother, who had come in from the Arden Islands, our rest of soil, she was down in the Drood Lane, down in the Drood, and my mother and my two uncles would have been there, her husband, died in the in, in the war actually in the first world war so she got the house up in Cook's Terrace Tin Cook's Terrace and it's the house my father married into so she came from Drew's Lane Drew's Lane in a share Cook's Lane so she was in the country when she came to Cook's Lane she, Cook's that's, she, that's it oh absolutely been, yeah. absolutely there's no two ways about that and yeah. I remember going forward my father actually refusing a house in her view because he felt it was too feral <laughs> Abs- yeah. ab- absolutely yeah. that happened I, a lot you know I know yeah that happened a lot but, but there was a yeah you uh, Cook's Terrace, a time and a place. Times were tough enough, you know, work was tight, money was tight. But there was that, and I, I go not during the good old days, there was a great sense of community, not in the sense of a community meetings or anything like that, but you felt safe and you, you felt okay and you would be taken but, care of. But in those days, guys, the doors were left open or the key was left oh, in the door. If there was a key for the door, there was you didn't lock anything. There was nothing locked or otherwise. No, abs- absolutely. It was, and, and the street, then the street was the, uh, you know, you can imagine 10, 12 people in the house. The street was essential. And we were in the street nearly all the time. You know, we could all our games, everything. There was no bother, no worries, just being for your dinner at half past one, whatever it was. I, I'd say they were nearly glad that you were out in the oh, street. Oh, absolutely. There was no, there was no two ways. <laughs> really? well, I'd tell you a story about the first the first Friday. The first Friday, uh, and we'd, we'd be there, we'd say, in July and August because the school holidays. Yeah. So it'd be near enough morning, get maybe eight o'clock, and my mum would say, OK, you have a choice. Half past eight, out in the street, you stay out there until the priest is here and gone, or you go into that kitchen, the door will be closed, and then Patch on O'Brien, Lord Rishi Solbert, yes. would meet the priest, he was at the head servant St. Patrick's, at the end of the terrace, the bells would go and the priest would come up, and into the house, he'd hand his hat to my mother, my mother would be in the small hall, up the stairs to my granny, give her her... Uh, communion, communion and, and, and down again and out but we didn't go near until it was clear the terrace we couldn't try to go in and make a movement but, but there was there was great there was great schlocks on you then there was great there was, I mean there was respect for elders at that point as oh, well absolutely there was, there, was, there was a sense of fun though about the place but the but families were big you said you were from how many Phil? yeah I'm from a family of six but it was my grandmother's house yeah. she was there with my spinster and that is probably cancelled now, that word spinstered. No, no, you can't. Unmarried, whatever. Anyway, the two of them are in the house. And my mother moved in with me, with my father and six of us. 
and she said a couple of months later her sister went to England she said I can't figure out why that one fecked off to England and the pus on her (laughs) could it be because she moved in yeah and when you were saying there about the key and the door the Galway Corporation they own those houses and they made it clear and once a year our houses were expected Inspected by Miss Kennedy. Do you remember the one with the bun and the glasses? Indeed, it's okay, indeed. she did. <laughs> and um, she she did turn the key. Did she? Yeah, she did turn the key. She'd come in without knocking, just turn. She the key. wouldn't bid us the hour of the day. Never mind knock. And she'd inspect the inside. She'd of the house. inspect the inside of the house. She'd go up the stairs, up to the box room. Do you remember there was no light in the box room? The box room. The thought of it would depress her. Lucky read. enough to have a light in any room. But yeah. <laughs> well, when the light was cut out, my fella, my father knew a fella who'd go up the pole, and as long as there was only a fella up the pole, that time you were all right. But she came in, and she inspected the entire house. And she never said one word, and she walked out. Now, my mother, in particular, said plenty of words. My mother and Jerry's mother were best friends. We, it was all just light they entertainment were vo- vocal, to us. Yeah, but wh- come here now, because they're not—they're not huge houses. So you had two rooms upstairs and a bathroom. No bathroom. Y- yeah. no bathroom. No bathroom. No, no. We had to get a bus to Merview to have a bath. Just a toilet. Okay, a toilet. So, and the toilet yeah. was out the back. That's then. It. No, the toilet was no, upstairs. No, no, it was upstairs. But you remember, you couldn't paint in this because you couldn't get That's out. Right, the it was small upstairs with two rooms and another little room downstairs. She's yeah. confusing me with these yeah. configurations. Yeah. So there was, a, there was, a, was there two rooms or three rooms upstairs? Yeah, go, go straight into the house yeah. and you had a small room on the right hand side for a bedroom, whatever, kitchen yeah. and scullery. Then upstairs then you had two bedrooms and a small toilet upstairs. That was the layout of the house. How did you all sleep at night time? But sure, you could, like, I mean, as I said, you get a bed, there might be two in the bed, three in the bed, but you, you managed it, like, you know, you, you, kind of, you survived, you know. No and privacy f- for your parents. No, oh, my God. Phil was telling, Phil was telling, mentioned Hamby Roach there, the Lord's Mercy, they tell her. I remember, it's a strange thing, you know, it started with, say, Cunningham's in our terrace, and we'd assembled then, and he'd be going up the terrace to collect the rent, and then all of a sudden, because of his cop in Torden, the pennies had fall out. But of course, we t- there was no court toward in the trial. He used to knock, knock out a few pennies yes, for us because he, he knew we needed a few pennies for the town hall or whatever. And we put down, if you got one penny, you had 25% of the, the four pennies needed for the town hall, you know. And the other thing you had there, I think, Keith, in the houses there at that time was uh, people might, you'd have a family in the house and you might have a, another uh, family come into lodge, we'll say a husband and a wife and yeah. a child say, from Connemara or wherever. So the people in the house and the people, the Hold the key, we'll say. There, there might have a son, daughter over in Coventry, Birmingham. They're saying, look, things are better over here. It's working better for dad, blah, blah. Maybe you should consider coming over. And, and they would, and they did. But in order to do that, then they had to get the, uh, make sure they had the train fare, the boat fare, blah, blah, so on and so forth. And they would, they would sell the key. They would sell the key mm-hmm. to the lodger. And I don't know whether that was legal or what way it went, but they were in then, they wouldn't be put out. The, the, rent, the rent might go slightly up, but they were in then, and the other people had their money to make their way to Birmingham or Coventry. Isn't it totally different times, though, Phil? Well, at that time, we didn't have to keep up with the uh, Kardashians. We just had to keep up with Amber Roach, which was hard <laughs> enough now, I have to tell you. Yeah? And he was a lovely man. But sure, we loved him. And I know his son James is listening. And uh, we loved Amber Roach, and he never humiliated us. And God knows we were humiliated often. Then there was priests going around. <laughs> Look, <laughs> optimistic priests, or arrogant, yeah. uh, going around looking for the Jews. Yeah? Uh, that's D-U-E-S. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the priest 
whose name is available after the meeting (laughs) with the tinted glasses on the horse. He said to my mother, um, I'm looking for the Jews. She said, I don't have any money. I have six children. He said, surely you have a half a crown. And she said, if I have a crown, do I look stupid enough to give it to you? (laughs) So the last I saw of her, she was throwing a bookmaker's umbrella out the steps after him. The women were kind of great at throwing things, weren't they? Threatening us with bread knives and all that. If there was child line now, there'd need to be six phones in our house. And my mother would never see the light of day. Did you ever think of going into comedy? It is comedy. <laughs> and I'll tell you this. She's well for God bless her. Is comedy. Because yeah. we did see, there wasn't that heaviness of people being permanently offended. Yeah. Um, we had our own connection and our own language. And when my, even then, when my daughter Grace was born, and Grace, as you know, has Down syndrome, I said to Nancy Kenley, Mrs. McDonald, living next door with 11 children, I said, You know, Grace has a little problem. Ari Phillish said, We don't know what happened. My heart's a scalded. She said, You wouldn't know what problems. Yeah. We looked for the similarities and not the differences. Mm-hmm. We didn't have. Words like diverse and inclusion, which are only words, really. Mm. We had two words, neighbours and friends. And that was it. That was it. Yeah. yeah. That was it. Um, Jerry, I wish I could speak to you all day long, but I mean, it's, it's obviously... I mean, it's it's very historical here, and a lot more could be done about uh, Bormore. It was fairly hysterical too. What historical? And Keith, from from the very first day, then we had our we had our sporting heroes. I mean, the Druggins were ours. Right. From Keith, Jimmy, Sean, Paddy, Morgan. Yeah. We had Hibernian Soccer Club. Some of those boys were very good boxers. The top of Cookstairs, we had mm. Paddy Delarge, mm. a championship boxer. And, actually, and then we had my own, Our Lady Spice Club. So we were well served in that way, you know? Mm. Very well served. We were very lucky that way. And uh, I tell you a small story about a woman that didn't live too far from yourself in, in, in Murview or Mora. And <laughs> I was in her house one, one day in Murview. And she said to me, she was lodging down at the top of Cookstairs years and years ago. The husband was in the army, she had a couple of kids. And uh, he'd be half 40 be out for saying down for the dinner at, at a quarter to five, he'd have it on the table. Yeah. So she'd have the cooking facility downstairs and sharing it with the people like they're on the house. So she was, she was down cooking the bit of steak anyway, and the potatoes, I suppose, a bit of veg. The kids start crying upstairs, she made a dash up. Now she came down, the pan was there, but there was no steak left. <laughs> <laughs> and she said to me, Did you buy the steak at all today? <laughs> Can't be good to the just dead. Another woman, well known, actually, fact, you don't, don't, don't tell me on air, please, just in case I she's not dead. <laughs> the woman next yeah. door to us used to make a wallpaper paste out of flour and water and put up this flowery wallpaper. And then if she had it over, some over, she had a bit of sugar and she made pancakes for us. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. Flour, water, uh, and a bit of sugar. Yes, yeah, suppose, yeah. Yeah, well, the sugar now, but for the pancakes, not for the wallpaper. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? And um, it was just not, we weren't heavy weather. We're not heavy weather now. But you never But I, I want to say this. I want to say this, that there was a time, and might still be a time, when people wouldn't be caught alive in Bohemore. Yeah. Now they want to rest for eternity among us, which mm. leaves us without graves. Mm. That's, you said that to me before, but you're yeah. right, yeah. And it's, I'll say it at every opportunity. It's chock-a-block, so it is. Yeah. Guys, thanks for popping into us today. But I think more needs to be done and documented on this because there's a wealth of history here that we can only tip the tip of the iceberg at this morning. Oh, I thought myself and Jerry were here until two, <laughs> no? 
Well, no, sorry. No, you're you're going bringing this young man out. So John Morley's young. You, you th- go on. You I really want to tell you now, three more in a boy band. <laughs> <laughs> and he can sing. I couldn't get over the side, the, 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 the doshiness of him. Yeah. So when when she saw the John, she didn't realise he was so young, and she said, "I don't know whether to birth him or adopt him." But, yeah, well, that's about the size of it, yeah. <laughs> He's from Mayo. Who isn't? Mayo. And you were saying there, Jerry, in uh, Bohemore and Cook's Terrace. Uh, Standard printers, Michael Cunningham. Mike, indeed, indeed. Yeah, and Elwoods, Jimmy, the Castleys, O'Malley Holmes. Your name dropping now, so you are. But you're the Bino Galway only for us. I'm telling you, shall we know that? Listen, Phil, thanks for popping into us this morning. Sorry for the delay in getting started. Jerry Trainer. Thank you for joining And thanks to Tonerys as well. Again, an institution here in Bohemia. And Tonerys are of Bohemia. They are of. Yeah, indeed. I think Jimmy might have won a county championship middle as well. Yeah, Jimmy? Jim Turner, the, the father here. I must okay. check it out. I was reading it last night, but William will check it out for me. Yeah. Make sure you get it right. You see, I love the yeah. way you said Jimmy and Keith was supposed <laughs> to know who, yeah? Guys, thanks for joining us. <laughs> thanks very much, Thank Keith. you very much. One for Phil Kennedy and Jerry Trainer. We'll do more of this, so we will, with the two guys. But thanks for joining us. Now, it's 9.41. We're going to take a short commercial break. And, you know, that would lift the spirits of anybody this morning with the two, uh, with Jerry and Phil Kennedy. I just love both of them. And I love uh, Phil's humour as well. Quick commercial break we're back just after these live from Tonerys. Galway Talks in association with Tesco Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you now, a very good morning to you on this Friday morning. Keith Finning with you at 12 midday. And we're in Bohemore as part of Community Matters. And we're, we will be going to our host uh, very shortly indeed. But Willie Henry, who's the local historian, and he's on the walls of Tonerys. Is, is, that, is, is that the ultimate... Is that the ultimate That's accolade in life now for you, Mr. Is, historian, yeah. is it? Yeah. yeah. But I'm on the walls and torn. Yeah. And you think that if I look up to the <laughs> under 16... There, <laughs> he said, do you, do you notice anybody up on the wall? The under 16 winners of the Galway City League in 1968. You were underage, but I can't even see you. And I've got new glasses. Listen, um, the, the history of Bohemore is just tremendous, so it is. And we, we spoke with Phil and Jerry, and we talked to many others as well. Um, but there's, a, there's an industrial side to it as well, with the, the hat factory that's here. Yeah, the hat factory, that, that's, um, it's a fantastic story, really, in 1937. A lot of people said that the hat factory opened in 1938. They came in 1938. Well, that's in Bohemore, it did. But in 1937, they first arrived and they employed 20 of a staff down in um, a building near Air Square. It was uh, owned by Baileys and Leidens. Mm. And they had 20 people employed, and they brought over 12 experts from Belgium, France, and England to train these people. And uh, they were started producing 1,000, 2,100 hats a day. So then a, a year day. later, a day, yeah. And a, day, a year later, they moved to Bormore when the factory opened. It was built by um, uh, Jack Stewart, from Salt Hill yeah. at 11,000 pounds the factory was built away. and it was on nearly three acres the whole site you know and it was owned by Sean Lamass he was the Minister for Industry and Commerce at the time and um, it, it became an overnight success really because mm. it employed uh, within within 12 months or 18 months it was employing 250 people and the, these people now were being trained by the trainers in Galway that had been trained by the, the other people. And did many people from Bohemore get a job there? There was. There was, there was, there was quite a big population of Bohemore people there. And um, it, was, it, was a, it was a new industry. You know, it was totally new to Galway. And it wasn't just for Bohemore. 
this was looked at right around the city like as the place to get a job yeah. and and so there was there was the, the hat factory then the cotton factory came to Sandy the, Road yeah, oh, that's not in Bohemore so we can't talk about it yeah. Phil will give out yeah. to me it has to be in Bohemore for, for us to but talk the, about it but the, the cotton factory came then but the hat factory came um, <coughs> and brought that employment but it, it, the, despite the you know the the, the conception that there was never a strike there, that it was all happy days. There was a strike in 1943, and it lasted five weeks, and there was absolute terror around Galway because they said, if the hat factory closed, what are we going to do? So there was... It was it the only factory at the time? It was really, yeah, it was one of the big ones. Well, there was, there was down on Island, there was the woolen mills and all of this type yeah, of thing, yeah. you know, but... But this was, was a big industry, the, yeah. The, the, the this was the med tech sector this now, was, yeah. This was, as you said earlier... Um, outside the city wall, you know, outside, yeah. you know, it was almost out the country. Yeah. And, and in fact, there was all disputes, actually. When were they going to have a bus service to bring workers to and from? Get away. To and from the hat factory, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. But it, they, that was solved. And that hat factory actually had, um, as we're looking up at sports people here, had a fantastic hurling team. And uh, I know there was one... It was one particular match that they bit lumps, as the fellas said, you know, off of uh, McDonough's, Thomas McDonough's. Get and away. all the Baltimore were so delighted. Back to Swamp, was a massive crowd, <laughs> like, you know. So, <clears throat> yeah, and it was all a lot of the Baltimore lads. Yeah. Then again, there were Whitley Millers, they were 98s, they all had, they all had a hurling background. Mm. And the, the factory actually was producing, if you look at the population, it's hard to believe this. In 1936, the population of Ireland, the female population of Ireland was 1.5 million. Now, you take the, the children, the, the female children out of that equation, and Ireland were still needed 1,200,000 hats a year for the women. Get away. So, most women, were, they, were, they, were, they seemed like, they were, they were, put it this way to you, they, were, they weren't in fashion if they didn't have at least two hats in the year. No, so the and the hat factory, the, the the ladies up there were were also advertising them, and what was interesting was that in 1947, a new craze. Well, it was there already, but it seemed to kind of sweep across the country, particularly around Galway, and a new craze. And the hat factory management became absolutely seriously concerned about this. It called it the bizarre headscarf craze. Ah. so the headscarf so the was scarf going to affect superseded the hat. The hat. You know, the other industry, which isn't an industry, but I mean, the other big part of Bohemore that goes really unnoticed is the new cemetery. The new cemetery, yeah. That's when, when did that come to be? Absolutely massive history there as well. In 1880 it opened. 1880. And the, it wasn't, it wasn't um, we'll say, consecrated until 1881. Okay. But that's where there's confusion about, was it 1881 or 81? But it was actually 1880 it opened. But wasn't it a brave the, move to put a cemetery so close to the city centre? Well, it, it was, Keith, but there was a, a dire need because Fort Hill was actually full yeah. by the Great Famine. So, and course, they were yeah. told, like, not to be putting any more burials to Fort Hill. Rahun had opened the same, the same time. Okay. That was on the west side of the city. So that was really in the country. That was really in the country. Yeah. And the first burial there was a little boy, seven years of age, Thomas O'Shaughnessy was his name. Get away. Uh, and um, he was buried there in March in 1880, before the ground was actually consecrated. But the walls were built. I mean, the, the, work, yeah. the workmanship within the um, cemetery as well. It's yeah. Thomas Nugent of uh, St. Patrick's Avenue, he was the hereditary, we'll say, new, um, stone masons. Um, stone masons. Yeah. He, he's the same man. His father had actually built the Bishop's Palace. In called the Bishop's Palace. Taylor Mount Hill, St. Mary's yeah. Terrace Hill. He had also built the St. Ignatius Church. Uh, he had built O'Brien's Bridge. 
and underpinned the Samuel Bridge in 1850. And you can just imagine today, the Samuel Bridge is still taking that level of traffic that it is today. Yeah. And they're not going to move the traffic off it, it's to move the pedestrians off it. Yeah. So it goes to show you how the, 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 the workmanship, but Thomas Nugent did the Morsery chapels in the, in, the, in the cemetery and the walls. It's actually quite, it's, it's a Victorian cemetery, really. It is, it is. You yeah, know, when, you, when you look at it. Will you stay with me? I want to go to our host uh, today and um, he's the younger generation, but Pather Tonery joins me uh, here as well. Pather, good morning to you. How are you today? Morning, Keith. I'll pull you right into that microphone <coughs> there if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, Again, Tonery's, as Phil Kennedy said to us earlier on, it, it is Boromore. Yeah, we're 64 years open this year, Keith. You know, family, family business, and it's, it's all going great, thank God. Is it? And you're involved. You're the yeah. you're the new generation. Yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. Tom and my dad were here before, and my grandfather James before that again. So, yes, so you've a lot to live up to then. Do you? A lot to live up to, yeah. Yeah, and I met I met some of the crew here earlier on today, but you're embedded in the community. Yes. Yes, yeah, it's a great community in fairness. Great people around here and everything else. I wouldn't say they'd let you have any airs and graces now. Certainly they? not. No, they'd knock you down dirt very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> I, but that's what I like about it. You know, you're, yeah. I grew up in Murview and you wouldn't get away with stuff up there either, but you can't mention Murview and Bohemore today. But I mean, they, they, would, they would knock you down to size though, wouldn't Absolutely, they? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> They're all great people around here in fairness. We have a great relationship with them. And again, just you're, you're still open, you're still here. Everything's still going well, thank yeah. God. You don't, at the weekend, or you don't open until late? Yeah, we, we open at five, or four during the week, and uh, week, week, weekends, two o'clock during the day, one o'clock on Sundays for sport. So it's, it's good. And you're still getting the local client? All locals, all locals, thank God. Great local clientele. Isn't, isn't it lovely to, to see them still coming? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and, and you have a good party team as well? We have a good party team. We have your own doc giving us a hand at the weekends and everything else, and it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, listen, well done to you. Thanks for letting us. Absolutely. I know you counted so the cutlery, the chairs, <laughs> and everything else that you have. And uh, everything was counted last night, so it was an audited uh, from there. It just shows, though, um, Willie, I mean, the, the impact of Tonery starting up all those years ago. Pather, here's the new generation. Uh, and the impact that this has had on the community. Yeah, Tonery's is, is, it is really part of the community. It's, it's, it's you know, it's right in, in, in the heart of the, we'll say, Bormore and now Galway City. And what I've always liked about Bormore when they changed the decor, but many years ago, no, Pather, but 30 years ago. 30 years ago. It still years looks ago. as though it was done last week, you know. This yeah, it does, yeah. But, but I'll just tell you one very brief story, if, you, if I have time for... Uh, just Don't be Russian now, <laughs> really. I wouldn't like to think <laughs> I'm Russian you at all. No, but uh, I'll tell you, uh, during the 1970s, Jerry Trainer will probably remember the actual date, but uh, my, my uncle Michael Trainer died, and he lived across the road, just next to Tonry's. And in the morning car... My mother, my auntie Tessie, and my auntie Mary, who was a pure character, Tessie and Mary were pure characters, they were in the morning car behind. So my uncle Michael, um, he frequented Tonry's pub quite a bit, you know, he was, he was one of the real locals he back was, in the he day. He did some research. <laughs> yeah, he was always, he was always, he had great stories, and he, uh, he'd always bring a book over to pass the time if there was nobody, if he couldn't meet anybody that he knew very well. So he, he died, God rest him, and the day of his burial, they were coming up from St. Patrick's Church, and the hearse stopped right outside his house. Which and Auntie Mary, in the back of the car, turned hand to Tessie and my mother, and she said, Oh, Kitty, ah, oh, Tessie, isn't it wonderful? They stopped outside, outside Tony's for a minute for Michael. <laughs> <laughs> she forgot where he was living. <laughs> 
But they're the type of stories that, that you'll remember moving, yeah. you know, it's for, for years and years. And they're the type of stories that need to be documented. You're documenting them, aren't you? I am, yeah, Keith. At the moment, they're doing a series of articles on Bormore for the City Tribune, you know. Um, when will they be coming out? Well, the first one is out today. It's on oh, ancient really? Bormore, the very first. You know, Bormore is divided really into three areas, Prospect Hill, Bormore and Grealish Town. Excuse me, will you just clarify that with Phil Kennedy? Because <laughs> she, she says Bormore is Bormore and oh, Prospect yes. Hill is not in Bormore <laughs> and St. Bridges Terrace is not in Bormore. But the, the old Bormore Road ran from Symmetry Cross to Air Square. Okay. It's just that the section that uh, the safer postal reasons I don't know about that gate but, but yeah. <laughs> I'll take their word for it Wow and do you know what I suppose if you think of all those I'm going to head to news shortly but if, if you think of all those um, issues that we're talking about and the poverty and all that was going with it and now you see the volume of traffic on that road every day I yeah, mean, in your wildest dreams yeah. your, your Auntie Mary that's you, you spoke they about they couldn't think of the yeah. amount of traffic well there. in fact in 1935 after the People moved in from Biddy's Lane and from Cross Street, and yeah. so even some from the Clatter, believe it or not, and uh, um, Forbes Lane. And they moved into the new houses in Bohemore. There was a complaint sent in that there was no playground from the children, and they were risking their lives playing on the road football. And nothing on the road. And the stench of petrol. Nothing <laughs> on the road. <laughs> Listen, guys, thanks for joining us. Panda, thanks for letting us in uh, today. And again, uh, thank you, Willie Henry, for joining us. Yet to come on the programme, by the way, we're going to be joined shortly uh, by the uh, wonderful, indeed, Rita Gilligan. We'll be joined by PJ Kavner. Uh, we'll be looking and speaking to Anna Killeen. And we'll also be talking to Margaret McFadden and Ollie Ryan and many others, including Mrs. Crow. Rita Crow will be joining us uh, just at around 10.45 this morning. Do stay with us. We'll come to you live from Tonerys here on Bormore. We're thrilled and excited to be here and we're with you right through until 12 midday. Let's head back to uh, Sandy Road, which is only up the road from here and not in Bormore, uh, for the 10 o'clock news and we're back just after these. Galway Tones, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. We're getting some great uh, comments in, getting great feedback, uh, really enjoying the stories of the old Galway. Um, people are calling the station and they're in stitches, uh, so they are, um, because they're remembering the people uh, that we're talking about uh, today. Now, we're going to give you a chance to win in association with Mubles. Uh, they have their stock clearance sale right on, on right now. We have a €100 Euro voucher to give away. At Mubles, Mike Harnett, uh, the manager, uh, will be more than happy to chat to anyone regarding their needs when you visit them. But we have a €100 Euro voucher indeed for uh, each day for Mubles uh, in Ballybrit there. You can choose in-store or the cafe there. You have to text the word SALE and you have to do so straight away to our number and that number is 086 38 33 55 3. 086 38 33 55 3. My next guest here is a legend. Well, we have two legends coming the way, PJ as well, uh, is Rita Gilligan. We know Rita because she used to pop into us, great friend of the Elwood family, and uh, she was the Hard Rock Cafe host and a proud native of Bohemore and never forgot where she came from. And uh, she's also an OBE. Rita, good morning to you. Uh, good morning to you and thank you for having me. Good to have you as well. You, you, you've had a great career, so you have. Um, COVID kind of brought an end to it for you? It did. I'd given him my notice in October... Um, 2019 and leaving the following 18 months and then of course COVID came in and Bob's your uncle you know but I do a lot, lot of videos for them and stuff like that you know. For the younger people in the room here in Tonerys mm. tell us about your job with the Hard Rock Cafe. You left Bohemore and you went to work in Galway and from there your career took off. 
Well, I, I started reading the great. I started in the hat factory. No, not the hat factory. The china factory. They wouldn't get. There was no jobs in the hat factory for me, and um, it was very much family orientated. So then I got a job in the in the um, in the china factory, and uh, somehow the mixing of the paint and that didn't affect my stomach. So I got a job in the Great Southern, which was the railway hotel then. Yeah. And um, I just well, hold said, on a second. Though. When you were mixing the paint, you weren't drinking the paint. What made you? I know I wasn't. It was affecting my stomach. Oh. Yeah. I saw how it affects I mean I used to mix the oil and the pe- and the uh, and the, and the dry paint wow. and some of my dinner sets when I went to London I found them in, in Selfridges in London get away Cause, yeah because your name on the back my of name uh, well, my tea was my was my mark and I just was when I went in there to get some milk jokes at the restaurant I thought I'm gonna have a look here and see and I looked and I found myself from Galway all for Selfridges away. not bad and listen you went to work so in the in the in the railway um, hotel mm. And then from there, where did you, you when did your... Well, I, I went to the railway hotel and, and I scrubbed and cleaned. I begged for the job because that time there was no CVs, nothing like that. You just went in and asked for a job. So I remember um, asking the chap at the door and um, he said, no jobs here. But then when I saw him going through a car, I spotted him carrying a case. And in I went and I found a man called Mr. Brian Collins, a lovely carry man. Sadly, he's gone, you know. And he used to come that, back in the morning. At that's six. a few years ago. Uh, about 1956. Wow, the mm. name is synonymous with that hotel. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, you'll never beat him, you know. No. And um, uh, he brought me in the still room, then a waitress, and then I left for England. Um, first went to Manchester, then came home because there was a band playing in Sea Point, which I wanted to hear, the Clifford Carlton. So I came home for the weekend, you know, and I went back then. And Hold I on, very how, how did you get home for the weekend? Were there flights then, or did you come by boat? Oh, come on the boat, and you were vomiting for a week, for God's sake. <laughs> Stop it. Well, you forgot. Sake. But, but you know, you're going home. But you'd leave London. Yeah. And you'd take the train to the, the boat. Yeah, to Hollyhead. Hollyhead. You get and the then boat over. over. And then the train down. Yeah, and then when the dance was over next day into the Great Southern, could I have the job? And I got the job back for a, about six months and then I headed to London. Again. And spent 60 years and while I was travelling all the time, my work, you know. Mm. And again, how did you get into the Hard Rock Cafe? Well, it was my father, my husband, Lord Emerson, found uh, an advert on the paper, and it was quite big, and it said, waitresses wanted late 30s, 40s, or 50s. Now, this is 1970, when the Playboy Club opened, and I worked in a lot of clubs in London, and the Playboy wanted skirts up to here, and somehow, the Hard Rock wanted a, a white dress, calf length, white shoes, white shoes, and uh, we started with 46 people, today we got 58,000. Wow. Uh, we opened our doors that got a lease for five uh, £5,000 and in the shadow of Buckingham Palace this is where you walk I down know, with the tuxedo yeah, yeah. yeah the mink coat the Queen's English they wouldn't serve you but we opened the first classless restaurant a bin man a baker a billionaire they all sat together all was one that was our motto and I carry it right here all was one and all is one and then you went on to travel the world I did yeah I opened the second heart rock on the in um uh, uh, New York on 57th Street which is now I re- relocated it to Times Square and um, and I've opened up about 180 hard rocks worldwide and hotels just before Covid I opened seven hotels I work for a tribe the Seminole tribe of Florida they're, they're the people that owned us they're owned it, yeah. yeah great people and, and the women still wear the, the old skirts the long black hair they stayed in the Everglades they didn't take the money from the American government and now they are Billionaires, wonderful people, wonderful people. 
But you never forgot your Bohemore oh, roots. Oh, never. I mean, I was born in 35 St. Finbar's Towers, and the likes of the people in Bohemore, you'll get them nowhere, believe it. And I've travelled the world. Great people. And the camaraderie, and Anne Killeen, who I hopefully is here today, she has... Um, um, an event up there a mm. few nights a week and I went to it and you know after 60 years I walked in and said hiya Rita hiya Rita you know and I walked the streets of Bowmore um, I had an apartment up here and uh, some of the kids said my nana knows you my granddad knows you so who's your nana and then it, it, you know it it never lost. It's up no. our side every time. It was the late Michael Elwood up our side all the time. Up yeah. our side. You have to. Yeah, absolutely. Us townies have to stick together, you yeah. know. The, uh, it was the late Michael Elwood that brought you to my attention many, many years ago. And uh, that's when you came in to me first, which was, I'd say that's about 30 years ago now when you came oh, in Oh, it would be. Yeah, I was, I, was, I was a bridesmaid at his wedding in, in April 1964. Wow. And then they came to my wedding in June 64, yeah. Wow. Oh, great fella, you know. He used to... He used to um, do you know that man used to uh, used to um, leave the flat in London? He'd pop up to see us, like have a bit of dinner, and he like always reckoned I was a great cook. Oh, by God, he wouldn't say it today, you know. But anyways, uh, and he'd walk from Kilburn to right down to the east end of London, probably ten or twelve mile at eleven or twelve o'clock at night, just to do a night. Nightmen's Night watch, you know. He's a great worker, absolutely one of the but best. You, but you were great friends, so you were. Oh, we're great friends, yeah. You yeah. know, I remember them both more as well. And uh, and Gertie is one of my best friends, and Annette Costler and Reese Rabbit. You know, they're, they, they're, they're all great people, great okay. people. And it's people that make a community. It is. It's all about the people, you know. It's it's uh, Friday the 24th of February, yeah. at quarter past ten. Where in the name of God are you getting your energy from? Well, they had been buried twice a couple of months ago. I'm not <laughs> kidding. And I thought they're not going. There's plenty of oil in the old redhead yet, and, and I'm not going 82 now. And Are I'm, you? Yeah, and I'm not going well, anywhere now. Thank God. What do you mean they buried you twice already? We nearly well, no, did they, the same they, thing they, in our house recently. But anyway, go they, on. They, they call my they call my um, daughter and told her to come on a couple of occasions, ah, and really? I wasn't going to die. I got sepsis in there. I got MRSA. I got COVID. I got everything. But I'm out. I'm glad. Are we in the hospital for long? Uh, six months in the hospital and three months in a home. Get away. Yeah, nine months. Wow. Mm, nine wow. months. And then one day, um, Andy, who was a new manager there, wonderful guy, and uh, my daughter came in at three o'clock on a Monday, said, you're out of here by Wednesday at 12 o'clock. I wasn't out of the bed for nine months. They had to turn me and twist me and everything. And then I thought, is she mad? And then the manager came in and said, Right, he said, Reese, did you talk to Tara? And I said, yes. And he said, um, it's all up here, you're going. And then I came out the next day, and I've never looked back. Never looked back. Really? And you started walking and doing your own? The morning, uh, this happened to me, I walked five miles, the rugby was coming on at three o'clock. So I done my five mile walk, which I've done every, about six days a week for, since I moved to where I am. And uh, I um, came back, I made a cup of tea, a bit of bread, whatever, and thought the rugby was coming on, and text my daughter, and then I just felt a bit funny, and then ended up in the hospital for that wow. length of time. Will mm. you stay with us, if you don't mind? Uh, yeah. PJ Kavanagh also joins us as well. PJ, morning to you. How are you? Good morning, Keith. I'll pull you into that from there all together. How can you beat that now? Well, I couldn't. Uh, I hear her saying <laughs> that she walked five miles. I have trouble walking 500 yards some days you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a good 20 years between us so. yeah but your memories of um, your memories of Bohemore yeah uh, Bohemore in my mind was a very very different Bohemore than the one we have today for instance uh, if you were to start say just the top of Prospect Hill that people don't like to mention <laughs> you've Lohan's chemist there yes between Lohan's and the cemetery up the top of the road here yeah. we had 
about five shops back in that day on yeah. this side of the road alone. On the far side of the road, heading up towards the cemetery, there was at least four more shops. Okay. There was about three shops in the three different terraces. You had one in St. Finbar's, you had one in Cook's, and you had one in Lee Mellows. Today, all gone. In the terraces themselves? Yes. Yeah, because I remember, I remember um, Cameron's here, and I remember the other shops there coming down. There was Keneally's after Cameron's. Yeah. And before Cameron's, we had Millay's, which was That's just right. near the chemist. Yeah. And there was two more along the way, up around the terrace centre, where the terrace centre is now. There was two yeah. more on that side. So in all, there was 10 or 11 shops between Prospect Hill and the cemetery. Not a single one exists today, no. all gone. And another thing um, is the tunnel, just not too far from where we are now. Yeah. It was many a day when PJ and some of his comrades were down there instead of being at school, in St. Patrick's School, we were down there in that tunnel. Okay. So we've seen parts of Galway that uh, perhaps nobody's seen in, in for a long, long time. And the tunnel you're referring to, that's the Clifton Railway Line that's the one. tunnel yeah, going that's out, the one, yeah. which is yeah. now part of yeah. the uh, new hotel that's correct, in Prosby yeah. Till yeah. that we can't yeah. mention. Well, we used to, that's right, we used to be able to get in there through Tony's Field. We used to come down here through Tony's Field. It was all fields at the back of us. It was, yeah. yeah you can see that picture behind you now. That's, oh, yeah, that's yeah. actually it, as it was at the time. So Foster Court and College Road and City Hall. There, there were only field, fields, fields yeah. and a fairy fort. That's yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's all that was there. But we would go down through the gate here, down to those fields, down by the Magdalen and in under the tunnel. Yeah. And we'd spend half the day there when we were supposed to be at school. Maybe one of us didn't do our homework or one of us was in trouble, whatever, but mm-hmm. there'd be a gang of us. Uh, friends of mine at the time, uh, Billy Shepherd and his brother John, and Billy, a few others. Billy, Billy, talented Billy. Yeah, Billy yeah. Now, I can't be accused of squealing, because it's not really squealing now. It's history now today, because it's 50-odd <laughs> years on, so it's definitely history. <laughs> but we'd, we'd go home, and our mothers and fathers always knew we hadn't been at school. Now, there was no telephones. There was nothing. No. What it was, was we had dirty tide marks up our legs <laughs> from, from walking water. under the, the dirty water. In the t- and we could never figure out how these people could know whether we'd been <laughs> at school or not. You know, and uh, those murders, murders. And now, uh, I'm also from Finbar's Terrace, where Rita is from. Yeah. Finbar's was built around 1934, I believe. Yeah. And uh, one of the first tenants in there would have been my grandfather, uh, Packy John Barrett. Oh, yes. mm. Rita mentioned... She she knew him very, very well back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. She used to be up there stealing these apples. Yeah. Where, where did he have the apples? He, see, he was a bit of um, a step-toe-on son character. Okay. He was a dealer. He had vans and trucks, and he was always buying this and buying that. He used to buy scrap metals, wool, glass, paper, apples, and even turf. Yeah. And he would sell them on again. He used to bring his metals and... Uh, waste paper and rags and stuff down to a guy called George Gay who had a place down around the docks back in the day. Vaguely, yeah. Uh, I think he came here originally to escape the war, Hitler's yeah, war. Yeah, yeah, Because he was a Jew and so he had to come to yeah. And he set up that business. So Packy John would sell his stuff onto him in turn. Mm. Um, he was a great man for having hoolies in the house. Everybody used to go to Packy John's house for a hoolie. Your grandfather? Yeah, yeah. Were, right. you, were you ever at a Packy John hoolie? 
Rita, were you? I don't remember now. No, no you're too young for that, Jim. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was born on tomorrow night. She, she, she was still robbing apples, you see, at that stage, <laughs> so she wouldn't have been going to the holies, you know. Well, come back and tell me, how could he have apples in Finbars? He used to yeah. buy them from the farmers. Oh, he'd buy them, or yeah. he didn't grow them? Not at all, I no. thought you'd an them. orchard out the back garden. Not at all, no. He'd buy them and, he'd buy them and sell them on again. Yeah. As I said, he was a bit of a step Yeah. He was into everything. But, uh, People and around here loved them because they in turn could, if they had any scrap metal, they'd go up and they'd knock on Peggy John's door. Or them. even glass, because people used to gather glass. I mean, they were very, very hard times. Don't worry. Yeah. People did whatever they had to do to survive, mm. you know. Especially if Ambi Roth was coming. Yeah. They had to have a few pennies for him. I actually think, and I'll get on to Brenda McGrath and Galway City Council uh, later, I think we need to get uh, a sculpture of Ambi Roach put at the, at yes. the, fr- yeah. at the front of Bohemore. Well, I told poor Ambi Roach many lies for my mother on my mother's behalf. <laughs> on a Tuesday morning, he'd knock on the door and she said, Peter, tell him I'm not here. So out I'd go, the fool that I was, because I'd only be five or six or seven. My mammy said she's not in. <laughs> Stuff like this. And uh, Little did I know that some years later, I'd end up in Monegisha Tech and Ambie's son was my teacher. Get away. Mick Roach, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I had him for a PE and for English. Yeah. Well, should I say, he tried to teach me. Yeah. He did his best. And do you, I mean, they're, they're wonderful memories to have. They're the best. They're the best. Yeah. You know, but as I said... And as Phil said earlier on, there was, there was no down, there was no doorness, there was no, no darkness. There no, was... No. It was survival yeah. of the ni- in the yeah. nicest possible and way. As was said earlier on, no door was ever locked. No. The key was always in the door. Except perhaps for a half an hour of a Tuesday morning <laughs> when, when we knew that there was a certain <laughs> fella doing the rounds, you know. Now, some doors would open for him, others wouldn't. Mm. Don't say a word. He's outside. Yeah. But another door would open, and you could have maybe Mrs. Gray out talking to Amby because she had the rent money, and she could be heard from here to Ear Square talking out <laughs> loud. But the ones that had nothing, they were mm. like mice. And that went on. But uh, being honest, I mean, I grew up in Oldmore View, and we spoke about this in the last week, so we did a few of us. But it was it was either put food on the table or pay the rent. That was the That's way it was. That's what it was. That's the way it was. And there was very few jobs. Yeah, much like today to now, it's either heat or yeah. heat yeah. or meat. You know, it's, it's you're, you're right, Peter. That's yeah, the way it is. is yeah. uh, then in the mid fifties, talking about Merview, my mother used to work in Merlin Park Hospital. She was one of the domestic staff. That's God what she bless was. Her. Merview was houses were only been built the, the old Merview where you're from yourself yeah. my father was in Galway he was actually roofing those houses one of his uncles the Connollys had uh, got that contract and they were lodging over in the Western Hotel wow and uh, he met my mother somewhere around the square and the rest is history I'm the result of that <laughs> yeah. that was about 54 53, 54 uh, they would have met around 55 or 56 yeah yeah, yeah. Wow, wow. I was born in 59. And the sad thing is, currently, we have a problem with social housing. And way back then, we had buckets of social housing. Yes. And we and don't uh, have it now. As was said, for some strange reason, if somebody was decided that they were going to England or whatever because things were just too tight here, they could actually just hand the key over to another person. Yeah. And, and that and seemed to work there. for some people. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, things are very, very different today. <laughs> they are. And... Do you still live here? Oh, I'm in St. Anthony's, Taurus. No, I'm posh by now. I've moved out of Finbar's. <laughs> I'm in St. Anthony's. What, what is it? I have to be careful about this guy. What's the difference between Anthony's and Finbar's and Cook's? Now, you have to be delicate about this. Oh, now. I'd be as delicate as I can. 
there, there was always rivalry between, just as there was uh, between, say, Bohemore and Merv, you guys. Yeah. No, I've never seen any of that. I think most of it was only stories, unless something happened down the talk with a town of a weekend, a Bohemore fellow might have a run in with a Merv, you fellow, or a Clada, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I've never actually seen any evidence of this. Uh, pass if you can kind of thing that's what Bournemouth yeah. called down through the years but I never actually saw that but the rivalry between the three but there was definitely rivalry between each terrace and different estates Merview, Clada, Bournemouth but I never actually witnessed any of that for the younger people listening to us the talk of the town is where the shopping centre is that's now that's right yeah it was a there dance was hall and then it became a garage and yeah. then it became a no it was never a garage I thought it was no no it, was, it just closed down and it was not did, 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 did Mr. Leonard not sell cars? It was idle for years. Was that motors for a while? Uh, they were selling cars from there, but it was never actually a garage. It was oh only no, a showroom. showroom, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, you see, I, yeah. I'd still call them garages. Many a night I was awake all night because uh, our front window, my bedroom, was kind of looking directly down on top of Talk of the Town back in the day. Mm. So wow. of a Friday or Saturday night, there was no sleep. You'd be rocking. Them. Well, most of Bohemore got no sleep because the... But the it was the best, the best known. It was free entertainment. You didn't have to go down there. Just open your window and let it in. Listen, PJ, thanks for popping into us today. OBE Rita Gilligan. I'm sorry we have nothing to present you with today oh, except the company of Phil company Kennedy for the rest of the day. It's second to none. Yeah. You can't get better. As yeah. we say, up our side. Up Actually, our yeah. I think, she, I think she's bringing you down to the Dean Hotel that's not in Prospect Hill for the lunch as well, so just be uh, careful. Oh, really? Listen, thank you both for joining us. <laughs> thank PJ you very Kennedy much. What we had was freedom. Freedom, freedom. freedom yeah. the door and you can't get that today. No. The kids have driven to school just said we walked across the fields where the shopping centre is. Picked, if Mr Crow wasn't around, I picked up the carrots, wiped them up and ate them. Yeah. There was no, no washing or nothing. <laughs> and we're still here eight two and, years old. And there's no, those carrots must have been great because there was no loss in you altogether. Yeah. Listen, thanks for joining us. Rita Gilligan joining us and PJ Cavda. What lovely memories. Coming up though, Anna Killeen joins us here and we're also joined by Margaret McFadden and Ali Ryan. Stay tuned for that and more to come. 27 minutes past 10. We're with you until 12 midday. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and Collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. A very good morning. She welcome into today's programme with you right through until 12 midday. Anna Killeen joins me today, as does Margaret McFadden, and uh, Ali Ryan joins us as well. Uh, Margaret, good morning to you. How are you today? I'm, I'm very well. You, you say you have very little to say today. You said Anna has all... I, I'm, I'm beside a very good talker who is representing... Are you saying she's a big mouth now, are you? No, I think she's just <laughs> well able to kind of tell the story of Bohemore. Anna, talk to me, Anna <laughs> Killeen, and I'll come back to you, Margaret, in a moment there. Anna, um, just just looking at Bohemore, how long have you been involved here? Well, um, the Bohemore really started, I suppose. We I moved into Bohemore over 50 years ago, but uh, we'd say in 1982, um, the Sisters of the Assumption had uh, come into Bohemore. They lived in 50 Finbar's Terrace. I remember them, yeah. And um, they really went around to all the, all the families, of course, were very young at the time. And Sister Maura Winston at this at the time um, she wanted to start a preschool for the children mm-hmm. so uh, when that was up and running um, she said uh, with the talk of all the women around they wanted a club so the ladies club on a Tuesday night started wow. so 
that uh, was the beginning. And how has that, I know COVID would have put paid to that, but how, how is that, is that club still going? Uh, that club is still going, but at the time uh, we live, the uh, corporation gave us uh, a house in Finbar's Terrace, mm. number 13, and play school was down downstairs downstairs and we were upstairs and from there then when they refurbished the community centre we moved over there so there was a lot of activities then you know there was adult education and we travelled all of Ireland with the club and um, you know we did a lot of we did a lot of um, I can't even remember. We've done so much, I'm trying to but just But you know think. what, though, but it made a difference to the quality of life that people had. Yeah, and it was great fun. And we, all the women got together. Yeah. And we all got to know each other, and the children got to know each other. And yeah. it started up, there was, uh, you know, a swimming club from the sisters now. Yeah. The sisters, so it turned into a community, but more project then. Mm. And the sisters had it then. And uh, there was swimming lessons that were taught to swim. Mm. And uh, there was a lot of clubs, a lot of boys clubs and girls clubs. And yeah. The first year we did uh, Sleeping Beauty and we had great fun. Kids thought it was hilarious oh, to where see. Where did you put that on? In the community centre, was it? Yes, yes. Wow. And we had 25 years of it. Wow. Uh, putting on, pl- on plays, yeah. you know. But a lot of people came into Bohemore and uh, we had great help and... You know, there was but in that 50 years you've seen a change I mean we were talking here you're on to Jerry Trainer about the uh, traffic here you know the traffic here is, is quite quite significant oh now. it is yeah, Going through, yeah. Uh, yeah but of course when you talk about 50 years ago Bohemore was a completely different place yeah yeah you know it was really you know I mean there was no play area you know um, we had the fields down here of course at the, the back of the main Bohemore road yeah. where my Paura Killeen, my husband's Lord rest him, and that's where the kids played. Wow. Was down there, yeah. Wow, yeah. But at the back of Tonerys here. At the back of Tonerys there. And that yeah. went all the way up then to College Road and over behind the Magdalen yeah, Laundry and, they and up. All the uh, down into the tunnel, as that lad was saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, I mean, the figurehead at the time was the sisters in Bohemore. Mm. They changed everything, really. And is there any presence from the sisters now? Yeah, well, we have Margaret, and she's still involved. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, I should have called you Sister Margaret then. No, well, well Margaret. I call her Sister Margaret. <laughs> I should have called you Sister no, Margaret. perfectly all no, right. I'm going to call you Sister Margaret now, say, I'm just for the fun of it all together. And how did you come into um, Bohemore? I came into Bohemore 23 years ago to be um, kind of help with the youth projects. So I was involved with the youth for 12 years. And then after 10... About 12 years ago, the project was handed over to the local community and it became a limited company. And the sisters kind of knew it was time for other people to direct where it was going Mm. and to plan for the future. But you stayed in the community? I stayed in the community and I'd be involved with the clubs and I'd be still very interested in the involvement around Bohemore. And... It's a great local community to live. And I live, I'm, I, I think I'm upper class. I live in Finbars. Even <laughs> PJ thinks he's gone upper class, gone around the corner. But, but I mean, so you've devoted your life 
to helping other people? Yeah. Well, I spent 10 years in Ennis working with the travelling people and 12 years in Belfast and around the travelling people as well. And then you came so to So I'm blessed now to have very good neighbours who are travellers as well as other people as well. But you see, I mean, there, there was quite a population of the travelling community but in Bournemouth, but they, they've all morphed into... You're all one now. Yeah, so we're, we're all one now. We should really yeah. drop the word traveller yeah, because yeah. they're all just yeah. Irish people. Yeah. We're all yeah. Irish. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everybody, everybody in the community all it's, got together. Once the activity started in the Bournemouth Club, everybody was involved in it. But didn't... It, and I know I'm, I'm running a bit late now, but didn't people have vision to bring the sisters into Bournemouth? Yeah, they did really. Didn't well, they? we were blessed to be invited into Bohemore and to live amongst such a great people mm. and to be still supported by the people of Bohemore. Yeah. But so everybody in Bohemore volunteered. It was all volunteers at yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we went to um we went to Belfast with uh, Cooperation North, the ladies' club. They yeah. came down and we went back, you know, and we wrote a book. I want to get that in. We wrote a book and Mary McAleese came to our club. And, and launched it. Yes, yeah. and I myself know. and Bridges did a community development course and that's the club we're running on a Friday, mm. uh, the senior citizens, and you sis- know. And just want to say wonderful people came into Bohemore and helped us in lots and lots of ways. And a lot, of, we would not have been able to do a lot of this without the funders and that's the community education and the HSC and uh, the GRETGB. GRETB as yeah, well. Yeah. Sister Margaret, and uh, when she got going, though, isn't she great? She doesn't want to stop now at all. She wants my job full time. No, no, everybody. Well, <laughs> Anna Killeen has certainly a gift of bringing people together and bringing a bit of fun to all the dull days that might be around. Listen, stay with me if you don't mind. I want to go to Ali, who joins me uh, as well here on the uh, programme. Ali Ryan, good morning to you this morning. How are you? Good morning, Keith. I'm told... I'm tired. You're tired. Why are you tired? I just got off the boat this morning from the UK. Did you you come over especially to us? Well, I was over there for 10 days. Okay. And this guy here beside you um, kept calling me while I was in Plymouth and... Oakhampton and Exeter, and it was even on a bus when he called me. Well, I should have—I should have called it Dick Turpin's coach. <laughs> <laughs> He's been calling me all week as well, so I do think he does. He just wants to stay on the phone altogether. Now, a very good source has said to me that you are true and true. Her name is um, Phil Kennedy. You're true and true, Bohemore, so you are. Well, um, I grew up across the road from Phil. And, um, so you can tell me stories we, afterwards. We started. A, we started an affair when we were. We made our communion. Yeah. And it's existed to this day. <laughs> Just don't tell Kim. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes but, back that far. Holy yeah. communion down in St Pat's, old St Pat's at the time. Well, we. Yeah. Um, I started off in the Mon. You know. Down in Market Street. Yeah, and where then the car uh, park is and now. then because I wasn't old enough, I got I ended up down the Mercy. The baby Mercy was it? Yeah, down there and Francis uh, then, Street. Then when I got to the age for first class in St. Pat's that I went there. Yeah, there were different times in St. Pat's. Different times, yeah. Very what, much. Roughly what what year was that roughly? Um I think I went into um 
54, I think. Uh, I was in the last class that was formed in the Mon. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And has life been good to you? And you've never forgotten, more than everybody else, you've never forgotten Boromore? Never forgotten it, no. Um, life's been pretty good to me. I've travelled about, like, you know, I left Galway when I was 16. My last job was actually the half factory. Yeah. I was the messenger boy. <laughs> What did a messenger boy do then? Was it telegrams? And well, no, not telegrams. Uh, what I used to do was uh, I used to make up the cartons, you know, for the hats. Yeah. That would be dispatched. Um, then when hats had to be sent off quickly, express sort of thing, they'd be put onto the messenger bike and I'd cycle down to the railway station. Put them on the train. Put them on the train. Yeah. So you had, the, you had the big basket on the front? Be, uh, no, no, it, it, because we had to put baskets on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a flat one. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And also, I used to deliver the... Ba- you mentioned baskets. I used to deliver the baskets to the home workers. Get away. Annie Tierney and Cook's Terrace and uh, her, um, her sister-in-law lived in Finbar's Terrace. I used to deliver to her. Wow. Yeah. And you, where are you living now? Where am I living? I'm here in Galway. In Galway all yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but not in Bormore. Yeah. I did come back. I came back in 82 uh, and I lived with my mother in St. Anthony's Terrace. Yeah. And the house is still uh, part of the family. Good. Um, but uh, as I say, Phil's family lived across the road. And but when you sit here today and we're reminiscing and we're talking mm-hmm. and all of that, does it bring back the fondest of memories? Absolutely. Good. Positive memories. Positive memories because, yeah. uh, like, you know, um, I can walk up the street, like, you know, I can meet people every day and say hello, everything. You know, um, uh, when I was in London, I met up with guys from Baltimore. Yeah. Clemmy Devereaux, Johnny Dodd, um, Frank Dodd, his nephew, and... That, like, great you know, names, great, great, great golden yeah, names. Yeah. Tony Murphy from Water Lane, and, and I met even Sean Fitzpatrick uh, in, on the Waterloo Road in London. Yeah, you know that sort of thing, and it all that connection was there all the time, and mm. I always hankered to come back to Bournemouth. And that's when I came back in '82. Well, it's great to have you, Sotis, and thanks for coming back. Did you did you get dressed up for the morning? Did you? No, no, I was dressed up yesterday. I was at, a, <laughs> I was at an event in Exeter and um, I had to rush to the train. So, and then when I got to um, Hollyhead, I changed, I sort of changed. Yeah. You know, changed all of my other glad rags. You must be tired now if you travelled overnight. I'll be okay. Yeah, Phil is rubbing your shoulder there. So oh, of course, you see, I told you the affair is still going. <laughs> 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 I cannot broadcast that, Rita Gilligan. Thank you. Upper <laughs> sight. Listen, <laughs> lovely to have you. Thanks for joining us uh, today. And to uh, Anna, thanks for joining us. Sister Margaret, I have to call you Sister Margaret. You don't look like a Sister Margaret. You have lovely bright colours on you. And uh, Ollie Ryan, thank you for joining us uh, today. No, Let's take a short commercial break. I want to take the City Tribune headlines. And uh, Brita Crow joins us with John Hardiman next. Stay <coughs> tuned for that and more to come. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome in. Welcome to you live from Tonerys today, where the fun is only mighty. And let me go to Dave O'Connell, who joins me briefly today with the City Tribune headlines. Uh, Dave, morning to you. 
morning, Keith. Lovely to hear my old buddy Ollie Ryan there, among many others. Great programme. How's it going, like? Come here to me. There's a problem <laughs> with the scale of the proposed primary care centre on West Side there as well. Well, there is, yeah. The City Council has told the backers of this uh, proposed facility off the Seamus Kirk Road to reduce the nine-storey design and possibly drop the ambulance space there. You'll know the background of this Valley Healthcare Seeking uh, Commission to develop from three acres of land as part of the O'Higgin uh, family land up there uh, to be accessed off a, a new road off the Seamus Kirk Road, like Hale Junction there. It's a, it's a visionary plan, 300 staff, uh, tremendous facilities there, but the city council has balked at the idea of it being up to nine stories high. They're looking at something one or two down from that, more in line with the uh, the student accommodation complex, which is the other side of the road near the West Side Shopping Centre, uh, which would be six to seven stories high when uh, if and when it's completed. So that's page four, Keith. Good stuff. Now the Martin Roundabout saga goes on and on and on. I was on it during the week as well, and I'm not surprised that it goes on and on and on. I'm surprised you're not still on it uh, because it was uh, scheduled for completion last summer. But the City Council's latest best guess is April. Uh, this has been blamed on, and there's a list, uh, supply chain chain issues relating to the war in Ukraine, COVID restrictions in China, Brexit and the fallout from the Suez Canal blockage of 2021. To be honest, everything but a, a plague of locusts uh, hitting Galway at some stage. So the saga well covered on page five today. And uh, uh, hopefully the next time we're talking about this, Keith, we'll be, we'll, we'll be driving quickly on and off it. Now, your lead story this morning is the Goldman Chamber is looking for a traffic czar for the city as well. Yeah, um, I plan to ask the teacher to appoint a special envoy. I was thinking when I saw a special envoy, uh, if the great late George Mitchell was still around, uh, although the Northern Peace Process would be nothing compared to solving Galway's uh, traffic problems. But this is to overcome obstacles on uh, key transport projects plagued by delays, as it's put. We know what the one that's most plagued is the, um, obviously the, the, the ring road. Uh, Leo Varadkar is on a visit to the city this weekend and part of that is a briefing with the uh, chamber and they will have Galway's transport strategy front and centre in that. So I'm not sure if there's a person alive who's up to task, uh, but if there is, I sure hope they find them. Including sport, uh, what else have you got for us in today's wonderful City Tribune, um, Dave? What? Well, loads in there, as you say, in sport. Uh, Galway United is uh, home to Treaty United this weekend. Keith Kelly has been chatting to uh, Vince Borden, Galway's uh, latest American import. So that's a nice piece there. Uh, loads of photographs. The Mayo Association's annual gathering in Galway, Father Griffin Air Oaks, 75th anniversary. Uh, last week's, uh, last weekend's Fiondraiser uh, fashion show uh, for Fion Silk. And because of where you are, I have to mention this one. Willie Henry has the story of Four More. Uh, once known as the King's Highway. I'm not sure that they'd be thrilled with that uh, particular affinity, but uh, there are so many interesting facts and aspects, things that I didn't know about for more. Uh, I'm sure your guests know all about it, but nonetheless, for all the rest of us, it's a bit like you, you've heard the programme, now read the book. So it's mm. two pages in the paper today. All right, Dave, listen, thanks for joining us. Have a good and safe weekend and talk to you um, next week on the program. Dave O'Connell from the City Tribune joining us uh, today. Uh, I want to go to uh, two other guests uh, who joins me. Breda Crow joins me indeed from uh, Crow's here uh, in the heart of Bohemore. Breda, good morning to you. Good morning. Thanks for joining us uh, today on the program. Your bar goes back a long way. Yeah, our bar goes back to 1901. It's a long time ago. No, that's as far back as we could go. We tried to go back in the history of it some years ago. And we know I couldn't get back further than 1901. But we know it was a bar in 1901. 
And you were involved up until recently, yeah, very heavily involved. I was, yeah, I was. I came to town in 1971. I met my late husband, Gus, in 71. And we got married in 1973. Yeah. And you, I mean, it's, it's a very close-knit community here. Extremely close. I mean, my best friends were my customers, really. Yeah. Do you know that all the customers there I couldn't get over? Bohermore, when I came to it first, it wasn't a place I'd frequented before that. I wasn't used to pub life. I yeah. was as far removed from pub life as I was then. Where did you come from? I came from Gort. So there's a big change coming into the heart of the city. A huge change. I was in Cones, in the office in Cones, the late Rhinel Cone, Lord Mersinum. And I worked from in Gort. So when they opened in Galway, you might even remember seeing and it why there. Why wouldn't I found Road. Road. Peter Malloy. Peter Malloy, yeah. great friend of mine as well. And um, they asked me to move to Galway with them to set up the office. Mm. So the rest is history. And did you live over the pub then? In yes, we lived over the pub till 1996. Gus passed away suddenly in 1992. Mm -hmm. Sick for a few weeks. So there was, I had five lads. The eldest was 18 and the youngest was five. Wow. So we had to you get had our... To, you had to work. We had to work. It was hard work, but we had good times as well. And I had great friends. You know, I had great friends. There was a lot of lads coming into the bar that looked out for my children and let me know if there was anything wrong going on. And mm. I had a sister in Renmore, still have, and herself and her husband were there at hand. And I have a brother still living in Garch in Clune, Bernard and his good wife. Idea. And Gus's sisters and two brothers. And they were all around me. They were all there. So you had great support. Great support. And yet they got into politics, Brida. They got into politics no matter what I do. <laughs> you, did your, you did your best. The aunts and I did my best. I did my best. They did their best. But they Maybe got it has got them out of trouble. I don't know whether it has or not. But it got them out or got them into it. It's, 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 I got them into trouble, I should say, probably. Yeah, but they were good. They were good. They didn't give me too much hassle. I know you have a good family. Listen, will you just stay with me? Uh, I want to go to John Hardiman. Uh, John, you've, what is a clad man doing in uh, Bohemore, will you tell me? <laughs> I don't know, but I have a long association here as I was uh, general manager of Connacht Mineral Waters for many years from the late 80s, so I would have frequented all the establishments here as well. Crows, Tom McGuire, the travellers that time. Yeah. Manny Fahey's, you had Hogan's, believe it or not, yeah. He doesn't look old enough for you to tell the Western. No, he doesn't, but I know that, John so, a long time now. Yeah. <laughs> I know John so, a long yeah, time. I've, uh, I've a long association here, and mm -hmm. I would know a lot of the neighbours. I see Anna King there, Bridie, and many others today. So and did you meet Phil? Nice did to you? meet them. Huh? Did you meet Phil? Just there now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, first time? Just there. Well, no, I think I've met before. Yeah, you you would remember if you did. So. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, but I, I mean, so. you're talking about the kind of mineral water, then I know yeah. you're heavily involved in sport as well. Yeah. So it's all... It's, it, it's integrated, Jeff. Yeah, it is, integrated, yeah. Integrated, Jeff, in that sense of the word. But there's know? a great sense of community here, and always has been. Absolutely. Uh, I've always enjoyed, over the years... My aunt and uncle, Sean Scully and Chrissy, lived in Lee Mellow's Terrace. So, obviously, I'd have a, I'd always be the going in and out of there. And we had uh, myself and Sean Scully had greyhounds together years ago and all that kind of stuff. So I forgot yeah. you had greyhounds. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But so he walked them for you. You didn't walk them. Oh, I did. I did. Yes. Believe it or not, <laughs> I ran as well as walked. So I done both. Yeah. Wow. I done both. You know. And again, just to see it now and the, the, the traffic coming through it and the vibrancy of it and mm. the lovely stories that we have today, it's, it's a magical spot. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I, I, John asked me about the hat factory 
but that's where Connacht Mineral Water is located. That's right. It in, came out of Lombard Street. There was three places actually. There was High Street, Middle Street, and Lombard Street, and uh, it was vacated for a number of years. And the hat factory opened its doors in 1938. Mm. And what happened there was the, Sean Lamas was looking for European investment because the whole uh, economics were very poor in this country. So all of a sudden, this guy called Marcus Wilson met a fellow called Henry Orbach. Mm. And what they done is they, 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 he persuaded Henry Orbach to come here and set up uh, that, what's called a hat factory. Mm. And they brought in technicians and designers and all that. And like there was 100, 100 plus female workers there and there was 50 plus male workers there and they produced something like 1,200 hats every day. I mean, the stories are amazing. So it was vacated for a number of years and Paul O'Dea with John, uh, Paul O'Dea and uh, Johnny Cotter, they decided that they could bring all their business together and locate it there in And they were ahead of their time as well. Yep. And then you went in 1980? I joined early 80s and I worked through the whole system and I was general manager from 1980 onwards, yeah. All right, I'm sorry I have to leave you, but yeah. John Herdeman, thanks for joining us. Brida, thank you for joining us. You're looking fantastic. I hope now they're bringing you, Ollie's going to bring you somewhere for a bit of lunch or Oh, something. certainly. They don't neglect me in that way, Tony. That's okay. That's, that's what we want to hear. Uh, we're heading towards the 11 o'clock news uh, live from Tony's. We have some lovely guests to come next. Stay tuned for that and more to come. But let's head back to Studio One. Let's go to the 11 o'clock news and death notices and we're back just after these. Galway Talks in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. Again, you can get in contact with us uh, today if you do want to uh, on our text line number, and that text line number is quite simply 086 38 33 Some of the comments coming in, Mary O'Reilly Murray, uh, Public Health Nurse for Bohemore Area, all to congratulate Keith on a wonderful show and for highlighting a unique group of people of Galway. She's so fond of all the people in Bohemore and wants to thank them for welcoming her into their homes and into their hearts. And they're magnificent people with a great sense of themselves and their community. And Willie Cummins, not the Padre, not the priest phone to say he delivered hay to crows in the early 50s and 40 or 50 children would come in after school saying sir can we go up on the hay sir can we go up on the hay and we'd be putting it into the loft and we'd go into Mrs Crow then for the dinner and Gussie and Helen were there at the time also. Uh, John Morden is looking at sport here in uh, Bohemore. John all yours? Yeah first we go to the job spot Keith because we have four today a general maintenance operator required for Anthony Ryan's Galway 20 hours per week for further information call 091 567061 Lockray Auto Parts is currently seeking a full time counter sales person experience in motor trade and similar position is desirable. Excellent pay for successful candidates. Email CV to Lockray autoparts.com Jack Jordans and Duishka are looking for experienced staff please email your CV to inquiries at jackjordans.ie and job opportunity for graduates with disabilities Ahead Ireland have partnered with Boston Scientific Galway to offer a STEM graduate programme spot exclusively for applicants with disabilities closing date is March the 1st see ahead.ie for more details there and if you have need any phone numbers or email addresses please call a reception on 0917700077 search hashtag Galway jobs on social media or go to goibayfm.ie forward slash job spot. 
now though we're going to go to our sports section because we have a whole host of guests we're hoping to get someone from Galway Hibs in the next 10 minutes or so if he can dash across the city Ben Talbot he's making his way over to us as we speak but first I want to go to our ladies boys rugby football club because we're joined here by their chairman John Hardiman who was speaking to us just before the um, 11 o'clock news and we also have Simon Lawless who is the president of the club he's also the men's team coach and ex-player gentlemen a very good morning to you both John I might start with you first because there's a lot of excitement around our ladies boys rugby football club this Mm. past while and I know the cock grounds has been opened up to you yeah, uh, we we played on, let's call it the, the side pitch, as we call it, over the years, for many years. I, I, I think the side pitch was there for something like 70 years, obviously. We all weren't playing there for that. Most of the guys weren't. But uh, in recent times, we, we have a long-term arrangement now, and we've relocated to the main Connacht Rugby pitch, wow. both women and men. We have two teams operating in the Connacht Rugby Leagues. So we, we started our first night there last Thursday week and okay. yes, it is exciting and when you get onto that pitch, all the guys that get onto that pitch and see what it's like, it's 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 fascinating yeah. and, and phenomenal, you know. So it was worth the wait. It, things were being held up a little bit for various reasons. So yeah. yeah, it's really good, you know. And great for the young people of the area who are playing with the club to be playing in such a, a, a great facility there that has such links to Connacht Rugby. Great inspiration there over the past decade with Connacht Rugby as well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it, it's, it's, it's a big selling point for, for people to come and, and join our Ladies Boys Club Rugby Football Club. Uh, it's actually so good. We, we have an arrival, Reese Manning from Hamilton, New Zealand. I don't know if he thought that was the reason, or if that's the reason, but he's just joined us. Uh, but yes, it, it is really good. And, and in the last three years, Simon will qualify this, we have now first ever women's team. Yeah. Right? And last year they won the Tens, tens League. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, so they had very quick success. And uh, as a, we we're continuing now to develop both sides from yeah. here on in, now that we're kind of fixed and we're in, and we're in shape. And what's the ambition with the club as well in terms of, is, is it just to get people playing or do you want to also nurture the next generation to, to go on to provincial and e- maybe even in, uh, national level as well? Well, it's a combination of both. Yeah, I mean, obviously uh, you want to generate uh, sport and rugby, but also you certainly want to compete at the best possible levels. Yeah. And as we speak, we are rebuilding both sides. Mm. Uh, and a number of the girls, I think, were on the Connacht development side. I think there was four or five, mm. you know, which is really good, you know. And I think one was on the Connacht senior panel. Is that yeah. right? One, yeah. Stacey Handy, yeah? Stacey so, Handy. yeah, there's a lot of uh, things happening. And from here, I have no doubt we kick on. We, we have Sean Grealish from Carmore, uh, Ornmore, who actually is a coach now. Okay. And like this year, he certainly steadied the ship, so we're looking forward to himself, Simon, John Tarman, and many of the other guys. I, I mean, you're going to forget some. Simon can deal with more of that. Yeah. But like, it's, it's a very good club community, if you want to call it that, and, mm. and we're really pushing our best foot forward. You know? yeah, the final one for you, John. I yep. know there's a great history associated with it. We saw at the beginning of the programme there, we have Jerry Trainer here yep. with our lady yep. boys. It's really rooted in the Bohemore community. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, it, it's, from what I see, it was set up many years ago by, by, by Father McGrath, uh, who, who came, f- I think he came from Limerick, as far as I know, yeah. to Galway with Des Kenny. And uh, you had some notable coaches over the years. You had Sean Malone, Mick Grealish, and mm. look, I can't name them all, many more. 
So really, it's been in depth over the years, and uh, our ladies' boys club many years ago won, I think it's three junior cups, six leagues, you know, so there is a big history there. So we'd be hoping to start to try and mirror that. Uh, Simon will tell you we've had successes over the last number of years. I'll leave that to Simon. Brilliant. We'll bring him into the conversation now. We're joined now by Simon Lawless, who is the men's team coach and ex-player and also president. Simon, very good morning to you. How are you? Simon, talk to us about our ladies' boys rugby football club. John's alluded to it there. There's been there's great pedigree in the club and uh, for people to look up to, and uh, as the teams go forward. Yeah, I think going back through the years, there's a lot of people around Galway that have some sort of affiliation with boys' club, whether it be with the main club itself, which is and the rugby club then as well on top of it. You know, and they've come from a lot of places around Galway. But Bowmore, Shantala, Marview, mm. Clada, Westside, Port Key as well. They've all come part of Boys Club and we've like from my side of it, I started my rugby with Boys Club as an under eight all the way upwards. Yeah. And you came through the ranks that way and up into the junior setup on that side. Boys Club will be, as they put it, our club that it's it's a club for everybody who wants to be part of it. Mm. And they're welcome in no matter where you're from or who you are you're always welcome to come about to be part of Boys Club and to progress your rugby that way it's, we just want to see lads and girls out playing rugby for rugby and that's it It's a lovely ethos and talk to us now about this uh, new ladies team that's developed over the last few years and it seems like it's, go- it's going from strength to strength very quickly Yeah, the girls we set it up last year um, a lot of the girls that came through the fold in it were girls that kind of fell out of the love of rugby. Uh, when I was coaching in UIG, a lot of the girls used to play rugby for me mm. as well. And once they finished kind of the college side of it, they kind of packed in rugby and didn't go back to it. Yeah. So when we were t- setting it up, Elaine Johnson was one of the driving force behind it as well. Um, we contacted a lot of the girls and they all came back. I think when we started at COVID then started kicked in so I think we played our first friendly game was against Galwegians in Galwegians now we lost it but we put it up to them and it grew from there uh, last year we went on to, to have the first competition that comes in is the Tennis Side Invitational Cup and we won that out okay. the league we went unbeaten all the way through it up until the final where we lost out to a good Galwegian side mm. on the main pitch in the sports ground this year we're rebuilding again, some new faces in and all that type of thing. Um, I think we finished fifth in the league this year. Okay. Um, but we're building, we're growing. The recruitment is going to be starting now again to try and get more girls in to play rugby. From 18 years up, it's going to be it's exciting to look forward to. And it sounds like you have some stars in the making there as well. You've mentioned some of the players being on the, the Connacht Development Squad as well. Talk to us about some of the stars of the club. Um, basically the way it's been worked out we have two Irish international rugby league players that's in our squad Uh, that's Ella Sinnott and Stacey Hanley and they represented the country in rugby league again they played rugby league for the Goa tribesmen which John Tyreman is the main driving force in that one Uh, in relation to the Connacht side of it four or five of them got into you have Sarah Heenan Ella Sinnott Stacey Hanley Ellie Delan to name a few I think that got into that kind of development squad 
they played they were the first women to play the game on the main pitch in the sports ground under lights it was the first game under lights in the sports ground yeah. and them girls played in that from that Ellie Delan picked up an injury um, and Stacey Handley got selected in two out of the three Interpros to be in the match day 25 okay. I think so yeah very promising Good coach. Yeah, and from the girls' side of it, uh, we've Kevin Joyce, who'd be your head coach. Darren Agel, Berto Tapia, would be your thing. You have Elaine McKeown, who'd be the team manager. Um, Elaine played rugby for us until she got a nasty injury playing Union and League. And from there, they're just progressing, basically. And finally, talk to us about uh, the men's team side of it. Who are the stars there, or how have they been progressing? Yeah, basically, the men's team, we brought in a new head coach last year, which is Sean Grealish, and Sean brings a wealth of experience from dealing with basically the last game of rugby as a former coach in Cala Sanchez School. Um, Sean was able to bring in, like that, a lot of players again that have kind of fallen out of love with rugby. He got mm. them back playing. We're trying to build something with the lads' team, and the numbers are slowly getting back up again. Yeah. And yeah, there's, as, as I said, it's just progression all the time yeah. through with it. Like, well, Simon and uh, Lawless and John Harriman, thank you for joining us on the sports section. I want to thank quickly you. go to I hope it's Ben Talbot who's <laughs> joining me here. I think you're straight over from uh, from college there, Ben. Ben, uh, talk to us about your involvement with Galway Hibernians. I know you've done a lot of work in the underage structures and, and, and building that grassroots level yeah. of soccer in the club. Yeah, well, currently I'm the academy coordinator from the under sixes to under tens. So this season I tried to put in a new structure for the academy to help to help the community and to get young players in and under a belt. Yeah. And so far it's gone excellently. We have great help from loads involved including the committee and also the other coaches doing it with me and I've had great guidance from Joe Riley the legend himself yeah uh, so it's going really well so far yeah talk to us about some of the successes and some of your players I know you a lot of players have even gone on to progress and go at Goal United as well yeah so that's that's ultimately our goal we're trying to get players in the door get them under our pathway give them the guidance the tuition and then hopefully they'll go on and play for the Goal Town squads mm. Goal United and hopefully progress their career and then at the end of the day if it doesn't work out for them, we'll always be here for them to come back mm. to play junior football and hopefully they'd have gotten a nice guidance from us. Mm. That's the plan. And in terms of players who have excelled? So we ha we have a, we've had a player now called Jack Sweeney. Mm. Excellent young lad. And Jack's actually, he came through our academy pathway and he's just signed with the guy in the under 15s. Okay. So he's, he's doing well for himself. And Brilliant. he's a great credit to the club because he shows the younger players that it can be achieved with hard work and, and dedication. Yeah, and your, yourself, Ben, personally, what's your soccer career been like to date? So it's been it's been really good. I've I've played with the club since I was a young lad, and I came up through the pathway. Unfortunately, it wasn't to be for me as a player. Yeah. But I decided to go back and give the academy a hand. It was Joe Riley who's been my mentor, and he's taught me next to everything I know, and I'm ex truly grateful to him. And he's actually the head of coaches within the club. Mm. So within. In the last two or three years, I've came involved in the Galway League Centres with Sean McGlynn, Hopper and Dave Silk. And we've had good success with them teams and I've learned so much from them as well. And then I've went into the Galway United pathway with Johnny McGlynn and Gary Trainer, where I'm currently working with the under-15s. And I'm also doing a bit with the Emerging Talent FEI. So I've had a lot of opportunity thanks to the people that I've been involved with. And they've really helped me grow, not only as a coach, 
but as a person as well, I've yeah. learned a lot of skills off them. And you're you're doing great work. Are you still very young as well? I know you're after coming back from college there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk to me about Stephen Sledge. I know he's uh, from Go United and, and Hibbs junior manager. He does great work. Stephen Walsh, is it? Uh, Walsh, yes. Yeah, yeah, so Stephen, Stephen came through our pathway, which is great to see. And he's currently the junior manager. Mm. So even the last day, a few months ago, we got Stephen to come down. And he was with the kids. And it was great for the kids to see him. Not only as a Go United superstar, who I think he won, was it five of the player, players of the month last season. And the players got to see him. And I actually coach his daughter, Robin. Okay. So it's great for all the players to see that, look, it's possible. And it's good as well because it shows that we're trying to be as professional as possible. Mm. And we are getting players true to that, mm. to that level of football. There's a great history in, in the club. We might talk about that a little bit later on with Tony Samuels as well. But it's right, right here in the heart of Bohemore as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's where... It's the most important thing about the club is the community. Mm. Like, I'd say 90% of the players we have, they're within the community. Now, a few come from, out, without, from outside because their fathers might have played or their mothers, but it's all about the community. We're getting, we're getting young lads in. Hopefully, we're, giving them, we're teaching them a few skills, whether it be communication or interpersonal skills. Not even, nothing to do with football. Mm. We're, we're trying to teach them to be better people at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's it's all for the community. We're getting them in. We're getting them off the streets. And hopefully we're teaching them a thing or two as well. I tell you, you're an inspiring young man. Thanks for coming in. I know you hightailed it across the city there. Yeah, so I've yeah. been Talbot of Galway Hibernians. Thank and you. also Thanks. thank you to Simon Lawless and John Hardyman of Our Ladies Boys Rugby Football Club as well. Thanks, John, for that uh, interesting stuff. And it's the way the community is built and the rock that is the community. Quick commercial break. And we're back just after these. Galway Tours, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie. Now, very good morning to you. Welcome to you live from Tonerys and thank you to the team here in Tonerys for the uh, wonderful um, hospitality today. Uh, my executive producer for the morning happens to be Phil Kennedy and she's uh, joining me at the very end there. Um, seriously, just for a few moments, you, you lost two wonderful people. Uh, Tommy Lawless, who had a huge funeral during the week, and Davy Smith as well. Yes, um, Davy Smith was from... Limelo's Terrace. Mm. His wife Tina Folan was from St. Finbar's Terrace and they lived in Cook's Terrace and we all gave a radio to um, a wireless to David Smith at some time to fix and he was a huge part of Bohemore. His sister Evelyn still uh, lives there wow. and he's a big loss and heartfelt sympathy mm. uh, to his family and Tommy Lawless, he lived in one corner of Cook's Terrace and his brother Pag lived on the other corner. I even remember his mother, his Tommy Lawless's wonderful daughters, exceptional, exceptional family, and our hearts are broken for them. If, if I'm right, his son Mike lived in, or worked in this pub for about 10 years, if I'm thinking of the same, yes, thinking yes, of the same people. Yeah. So, And um, also, certainly the condolences of Bohemore on the loss of your own mother. Thank you. Um, it would be remiss of us not to mention uh, Tommy Lawless and uh, Davy Smith. We actually, we actually shared Keneally's funeral home, so we did. I know you did. You were nearly there at three o'clock in the morning. There were so many Bournemouth <laughs> fellas lined up. It was lovely to see, but we, we, we worked it through. Um, Phil, stay with us if you don't mind, because I have two other men here that have uh, helped us put this together. And one extremely successful and the other one extremely successful as well. Uh, but I'm joined by Don Stiff. Don, morning to you. How are you today? Keith, very good. Thank you very much. Great to be here with you. Thanks for joining us uh, today. And um, PJ Duggan joins me as well. PJ, morning to you. 
Good morning, Keith. It's great to be here. Now, PJ really much. has, doesn't PJ, ha, he has the hippie look about him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PJ is the Grand Marshal, really. Oh, is he the Grand yeah, Marshal? Yeah. I'm, working on, I'm, I'm working on it for a long time, I'm afraid. He <laughs> <laughs> didn't come overnight. <laughs> Don, I'll start with you first off. You uh, grew up in Cook's Terrace. I grew up in Cook's Terrace, yeah. Um, there for a good part of my life and um, great upbringing there, great terrace, no more than the rest of the terraces. Kind of in a, you know, nice working class area mm-hmm. uh, great community and great neighbours and great friends and d- is that where you got inspiration for some of the music that you write well it probably was Keith I have to say you know some people when they talk to me about my music uh, I, I started off playing my music uh, um, first of all I got taught the guitar by a, a good friend of both of us here a man called Paul Grealish uh, and, yes. and, and Paul taught me a couple of chords in my early part of my life and then I started playing a bit of music with Tommy Nolan Tommy that worked in Rafteries, he was down the bottom yeah, of yeah, Cook's yeah. Terrace. And uh, the first gig I ever had uh, in my life was down here in Tonerys as a young lad with Tommy, upstairs among the rooms for a private thing. So it, it, Tommy was a fiddle player, he was the only one playing traditional music around the area. So it bloomed from there, really. And you've been very successful, but you, you, you've left Cook's Terrace and you've emigrated. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got the eviction notice um, uh, there in the... Um, the middle of the 2000s and late 98 off to Hedford okay. I have a visa but I don't have the passport yet you know yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll stamp it for you going down so we will <laughs> and is music still good to you today Dan? oh music is, is, is my full time job now um, when I finish with you here today I'm heading off to Killarney to the Gathering Festival I'll be on the road and um I'll be back in Clifton tomorrow night and I'm, I'm out four and five nights a week. I'm very busy. I Are you? I am, yeah. Are yeah. you? Yeah. It's a long trip now from Killarney to Galway and then onwards to Clifton. Yeah, yeah. Sure, I'll have the breakfast first and we'll be nice and easy on Will the Will you come back to Galway tonight? No, no, I'll stay tonight. It's too long to come home after the gig. Can, yeah. Do you know, especially after driving all day and playing that night. It's and where's that festival on in Killarney? That's in uh, the Glen Eagle in, in Killarney. Yeah. yeah. And PJ, talk to me about your musical. Um, I, I'm not going to tell them how, how you played at our wedding 37 years ago. So I believe, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, do you not remember I, it? I don't remember it, no. no. Well, <laughs> I, there's lots of things I don't remember. There's things I like to remember, but there's things I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah I'm playing music for quite a while. Um, people said to me, oh... I worked in GTM and that uh, back in my that's where I started working they never said to me you know about uh, where I was working so I said are you still playing music so it's, I'm kind of known for playing music and it's great I started in um, playing music in the St. Patrick's Brass Band with Tommy Joyce and Mr. Mitchell and all the guys and it stood for me all my life and mm. something you can do until you're you know to put you up to bore more I do remember you in GTM by the way yeah GTM was you were just was, inside the door weren't uh, you College of Life yeah. that's where all the that's where you learned. I can guarantee if you went out into his age group and asked them about what was GTM, they'd tell you that it was an app on your phone or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. 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 Uh, Pascal Connell and Tony O'Connor and all those boys, they're all gone now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a great place to work and a great, great people there. Yeah. And It um, was the supermarket people listening to us that don't understand what it was. It was the first supermarket, I think, in Galway, in, was, yeah. in, around the area. But then Lipton's that. came and then Firestar <coughs> came. Yeah, well, they were, all, they were there, yeah, but uh, GTM was, was the... The, the one yeah. was the most modern one Pascal Conlon was very modern in his ways he was way ahead of his time he had deliveries and all that kind of things things that they have now in some of the other bigger supermarkets mm. and but your your love of music then that's, that's kind well, of worked alongside things I, it was as I say I played in, in, the, in the brass band years ago and continued on a lot of guys came with me were playing with me and they fell by the wayside but I kept banging my old drum and I'm, I'm still at it thanks be to God 
And uh, did any of your family, Don, go into the whole music side of things? Uh, not really, Keith. Um, my, my dad would sing a few songs if he had an old immediate or a half one. He'd sing a song. But, or a uh, full one. Or a full one. And many is the full one he drank down here uh, in Tronery's. But um, I also was in St. Patrick's Brass Band uh, at an early year. Were you? Yeah, from about... Uh, I went in there at nine years of age. And I had great times with St. Patrick's Brass Band. It was a great educational music to learn how to read score music. Yeah, my, yeah, my yeah. father also became a flag bearer with them as well. So, you know, we had a great connection. I still have with mm. my last album. I got St. Patrick's Band to do uh, the Isle of Inishree with me on my album. So I was delighted wow. with that. It was wow, great. wow, wow, wow great thing for me to get back playing at the band, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody said, had such um, such a happy childhood in Bohemore, makes uh, making slides in the winter, big rope for skipping. Uh, Sir James out directing traffic, Mrs. Keneally. I could write a book about the loveliest decent people, salt of the earth from Bohemore. And the reaction we're getting is just quite amazing. Really enjoyed listening to Phil Kennedy, a real character. Could listen to her all day long. Great programme. And you'll be listening to her in a minute as well. A listener said, to tell Keith Finnegan to mention Father Daniel Gallagher, a very special man, so good to everybody from uh, Bohemore. And again, that, that unfortunate um, Tommy Lawless's grand yeah. grandfather. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that right? Tommy Lawless is uh, Father well, Daniel's grandfather, yeah. and he's the um, son of Patricia. Lawless, because yeah. I remember during COVID, Father Daniel and uh, Father And we Jim, want him here. Oh, we, we want, want him, yeah. We, we, we need to transfer him in. Well, I'll have a chat with the bishop, don't worry. Do. <laughs> yeah. uh, have we a bishop? We have, yeah, Bishop oh. Michael Dygdon, the gentleman. I'll have to introduce you. <laughs> I'll say nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> we used to have a beaut called Michael Brown. We're still recovering from him. <laughs> um, just moving swiftly along, yeah. Father Daniel Gallagher was uh, a part of our, he, he and Father Jeremy and um, Bishop Brendan Kelly, and they kept us going uh, during COVID with Mass, and he used to leave the Mass every Sunday from Sandy Road, and he'd come up and he'd stand outside his grandparents' house, and he'd wave in at them and he'd give them a blessing, he would. and he'd go home then from mm. there. That's what COVID did to people. Yeah. Uh, Father Daniel, I didn't realise that you were related there, so apologies uh, yeah. in that regard. So um, condolences to Father Daniel. So Phil is now starting the campaign uh, to get Father Daniel Gallagher into <laughs> St. Patrick's. What they're going to do with the man that's in there currently, I actually don't know. Well, no, we love Father Whelan. Yeah. That's, oh, thank yeah, God you for we love Father, Father Whelan. Whelan. Yeah. Well, I just say, Keith, too, um, uh, that you're talking about Father Daniel. Now, I did sing at the two funeral masses for, for Tommy yesterday and also for Dave Smith. You know, did they you? were very close yeah. neighbours. And, um, you know, the, the lawless family, Daniel, was actually very good to us. And my own mother died during COVID. She was one of the first people to die from the COVID in Galway here. And, um, at the, you know, we didn't really know much about the COVID. So there was no masses and there was no nothing. Closed so, coffin. Closed coffin. And uh, we couldn't get a priest. But at the last minute, Daniel appeared out of no place and came into the cemetery and said the rosary was just, and it was very it's very just, uh, very very important for us to be able to do that that but, day but his roots are in Bohemore so oh absolutely he's such a he's great very, young very man and I have the height of respect for him what a great young person I didn't realise that uh, Tommy Lawless was his grandfather yeah. and that Tommy was the man the grandparent that he spoke so beautifully yes. about yes. constantly yeah. I just yeah my heart goes wonderful, out to wonderful, him. wonderful, wonderful. And yeah. his grandmother was of Bohemore yes, as well. Maureen yeah. Geary and yeah. the Connisses. Yeah. Yes, and all, all the one, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. 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 yeah, I did meet Patricia and 
Martina Conescent and yes. the other sister. Yeah. You wouldn't um, want to fall out with anyone in Boromore, you see, oh, because if you, had, <laughs> if, you had, if you had an argument, then you wouldn't be talking to anyone. Well, Donald's related related to three quarters of Boromore, at <laughs> really? least. Yeah. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, my aunt lived what in Boromore. What happened to the other quarter, well, Phil? Yeah. Um, yeah. He asked me not to mention them, <laughs> but they couldn't be here. <laughs> Yeah, I tell you, it's, it's quite quite amazing, so it is. But anyway, today to Davy Smith, uh, his family indeed, and to Tommy Lawless's uh, uh, thoughts are with you. Don, good luck in Killarney, and uh, you brought the guitar, but unfortunately time is kind of clicking against us. Yeah. But thanks for popping into us. Will you pop in another morning to the studio? Because you have another story, a few stories in your head. I as well, we should sit down I and talk And about. I just, before I finish, I don't want to, ha- I, I want to thank, because Catherine Connolly has an association with Bohemore as well. This is the, the TD. Yes. I just personally like to thank her for her contribution to the mother-baby home debate that's going on in the Dáil at the moment. Mm-hmm. She's been really outstanding. Yeah, and uh, for someone that's involved in it for myself, I would yeah. really like to thank her. That's why I want to get you into studio. Yeah, we'll and come in another day and talk would you come that. Because yeah, She was wonderful yeah. during the week. Yeah. You, you have a story within a story. Is that Dr. Cantrell? I see. Look at Dr. Cantrell looking out there. He's looking out there for so he is. Um, yeah. Listen, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. PJ, thank you for joining us. I know you haven't had an easy year, but listen, uh, congratulations on everything that you've achieved and thanks for your help putting this show together. Thanks, Keith. Uh, it was a pleasure to be here and I'd just like to say that living in Bohemore, as I am, I've moved back, I was in Clare Galway, but I tell you, you're living with lovely, genuine people. It's great to be here. I wouldn't go anywhere else. Mm. You know, it's the place to be, and I often say that downtown. It's great to be living in Prospect Hill, Bohemore. It's salt of the earth. I, I, I'd often ring you, and you'd be, I'm, I'm just downtown now, and I'll be back up in a minute. <laughs> yeah, so you're, so, you're so close, though. Isn't yeah, it? well, yeah. this is it. You, you, and the Bohemore, and where I am living, Simple Yeah, it's, it's inner city. And he minds the grandchildren, Don, so he does. Yeah, he does. And he minds the dog as well. You'll mind see the him dog. On the road. The dog the minds dog. me. I don't know what gets better treatment now, the dog Car- or the Carly, grandchildren. Charlie is well known around. <laughs> All right, stay with us, and Phil is going to stay with us as well. We're going to take a short commercial break. It's, uh, oh, good Lord, it's 11.42. Galway Talks, in association with Tesco. Click and collect allows you to collect your order whenever suits you. A very good morning to you. Welcome into today's program. We're with you right through until... Um, 12 million. I've got three wonderful characters in front of me. So I have Tony Samuels, uh, Willie Connell, and I have uh, Mike McDonough as well. And uh, Tony used to work. Tony, I would know. Are you a native of? Um, are you a native of the area here? No, you're not a native. I'm an an Athlone man. An Athlone man. I came here in 1966. And you were with Shannon Dry Cleaners. Yeah, all my life. And again, the founder of that was Athlone as well. Is yeah, that how you that's got where here? that's where I started off. Wow. I started off there um, after school. Five shillings a week. Wow! Cycling the messenger bike, delivering stuff. And how many years were you down here, where the Dean Hotel is now? We're there since '66. I came from Athlone with the owner, Mr. Kenny, the two of us. Wow! And I started here. He wanted me to come to Galway, so that's how I came to Galway. And then you you made ever since. And you made Galway your home. I I did, yeah. And you got actually uh, when I started. Playing a bit of soccer with Hibs. That's how I um, got to know Bormore, the people of Bormore. And I'd stay for weekends here to play the matches, which was on a Sunday morning. Yeah. And uh, I was, was living at a flat in Cross Street. But uh, fair play to the, the players on the Hibs team. I was in many a house in Bormore for Sunday having me dinner. I bet you were. Yeah, with, with the players. But that was the, that was the time that if there was... If the pot was on the boil, you were welcome to a bit of it. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And that's, that's what it was yeah, about. The people of Bormore, you yeah, couldn't yeah. T- talk highly enough of, of them. Yeah. 
And they are still wonderful people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just across the road, just across the road, um, that's where my wife's from. So you're married? Uh, Mary Heffernan, just across the road. I forgot Mary is your wife, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One of the famous Heffernans. Yeah. Mother of God. So, so you but didn't it, go it's, it's still the same of blowing. Yeah, but you didn't go far from work now to find your wife. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> didn't go far at all, did no, you? No, not too far. Not Stay far. with me. Willie Connell joins me as well. Willie, morning to you. And your, you. your mother was one of the Skerritts. As in the city of the tribes, yes. Yeah. My, my grandfather, Tom Skerritt, just lived, you can see the house there behind you. Yeah. Sec the second house on the right-hand side. Really up here? Yeah, just to the right. Go your left, my right. Yeah, here. No, the other side, this side. Yeah, that's second yeah. house there. Yeah, that's where they, yeah, they lived there, yeah. And so. I remember going messages for him into Merton's pub that time, before Tony's came in here, yeah. in for the Battle of Guinness. Hyde Battle of Guinness, running different pub now. Did you ever open in the bottle or did you bring it home? I uh, know I was only about six or seven or eight that time. It was only a small bit. And come here to me. So, I mean, so do you mean, would you use the Skerritt name as being one of the tribes then to get preferential treatment in Tonerys later? I, if I ever introduced myself, I would always say I'm Nora Skerritt's son. Would you? I would never, never pet a Connell's son. I was yeah. always Norris, Norris Garris, because everyone knew my mother. Yeah. The Scarris from Baltimore. My mother was born in Baltimore. My father was actually born in the Clare, but he was reared in the halls in Key Street. In the halls in Key Street. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Across from McDonald's Fish yeah. Shop. There. Yeah, yeah. The halls, the halls are there. Yeah. yeah. Still, yeah. The, they're still called the halls. Yeah, they are. Yeah. 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 So. so you really are. No, to myself, you're, 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 you're embedded in the. Galway community. Yeah, my grandfather's in Fort Hill, so yeah. they said you're not a Galwegian unless you have yeah. someone in Fort Hill belong to you. Yeah. We, we, we talked about that recently, so yeah. we did. Uh, we have two graves in Fort Hill, but we have nobody to go into them. There isn't enough of us to go into them, yeah, but there yeah. you go, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the way it is. And yeah. There's a fault in there as well, it's a scared of fault, but I cannot make a connection. <coughs> is I cannot, There's a block somewhere. You can't, to, you can't get the hole? No, I cannot get it, no. Yeah. talking to the a lot, a lot of people, and no one has connections for me. Yeah, and did had you heard? Um, had you heard um, Tony of the Scarra Clan? Did you know he was such royalty? Did you? No, no, no nothing. No. Yeah, we just put a space between yourself and himself there. <laughs> <laughs> and I wouldn't, I wouldn't like him to catch Anthony at all from the, from the other oh. lands altogether. Uh, stay with me. I want to go to. Uh, I want to go to. Uh, Mike joins me as well. Mike, Mike, good morning to you. How are you? Morning, Kate. Thanks for joining us uh, today. Good to see you again. Um, I knew your family. I knew you before you married your wonderful wife, Kathleen uh, Stewart. But I knew your, my dad and your dad were friends. And your dad was in the fishing industry. He was. He did roller down the docks, yeah. The rat furnace. Did you ever go into it? No, I didn't. I never took to the fishing because I, uh, I used to hear him. We lived up in his terrace here. And he'd be up at two o'clock in the morning and the wind would be lashing at the window. And I said, that's not for me. No. Just, no. And did any of the family? They did, yeah. My two brothers were Dominic and Christie. Yeah. They were uh, Dominic and Christie were at the fishing. They went with the feather fishing. But that was a tough industry. Very hard. That time was very hard. But he was trying to put food on the table? Yes, it was, yeah. And there was a good gang of EV in it, wasn't Oh, there was uh, 11 of us in it. Yeah. So there was a good few mouths to be fed there. Oh, oh that's for sure there was. Yeah. yeah. Did you get fish? Oh, yeah, plenty of fish. <laughs> fish I'd wait. <laughs> I'm waiting to see a lot of steak, but we've seen we had a bit of fish. Yeah. yeah. And you grew up here then? You grew up in, in Bloomer? Oh, I grew up in Bloomer, St. Isters, beside Phil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. next, Phil was my next door neighbour. Well, so you, off here you can tell me a few stories, that's okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But what, what amazed me is that the size of the house and 11 of you in there and mum and dad, and, and 
All you have is the fondest of memories. Well, I always said we like um, each of us. Everyone in Bowmore was. We always regarded us as we had nothing, but everybody had everything because every door in Bowmore was open. Yeah. It was never a door shut to us. You know, if you wanted anything, your neighbour was always there. Yeah, uh, a listener just called to say that uh, she has a funny story. A neighbour living in Cook's Terrace, so many uh, years ago, said to her uh, daughter, "If Roach comes around, tell him I'm not in, and when he calls back, she won't be in either." Yeah. And, uh, that's yeah. That's yeah. it. That was the old saying, yeah. We all done that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The mother said I'm not in. Yeah. <laughs> the mother said I'm not in for yeah. that. But, but there's such characters, and it's come out very much today. There's so many characters. Oh, yeah. Sean Bowmore was a fantastic place. Yeah. Great yeah. to go more like you. Uh, when you're youth in Bowmore. You're in Ballyban now, aren't you? I'm in Ballyban now. So yeah. you emigrated as well, so you did, yeah. Where are you currently, Willie? I'm living in Crookham Park. So you emigrated as well, yeah. Is, yeah. And you didn't go, you didn't go back to Aslo, no? No, I'm out in Lackmore, Turlockmore. Oh, the posh <laughs> one here, if you don't yeah. mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you're you're referred this memory, um, Mike, in relation to um, Bowmore. Well, I suppose it must be relation to Bowmore would be just uh, young lads in Bowmore, like we always gathered down the as we used to call it the jump clubhouse and we tracked playing football and was that a jump was it a landfill it was yeah, a landfill one time yeah, yeah. We, we, we always grabbed it we, we, the dump the yeah. dump was all we were, <coughs> that was only aim for the dump yeah because everything was dumped into yeah. it yeah and they made yeah. about 30 or 40 was down there playing 20 yeah. a side game of football and we were focused here into, into the hips club didn't like you know yeah and Willie your furth- furthest memory of here I tell you a story that my mother <coughs> my father was a baker he worked for Griffins and the GBC but after, say, the Second World War, there was no flour, so he had to go to England. And there was attached houses not too far, across from Charlie's, the pub. Yeah. That's where we lived that time. And she got the house in Lee Mellows Terrace, 1949. Later on, the attached houses, some people could remember them, they went up on fire, they were burned. So my father came home anyways and seen the house. He, wa- he wasn't happy because it was a gabled-in house at the time. He, it was the best thing that we ever had to have go around the back and mm. but he couldn't see it that way, you know, so. And why did he want not on the gable end? That, well, maybe that's the way he was, Just I don't know. Did, I did. yeah. And did he come back and did he go working then again? And he, yeah, he started in in, uh, in Griffins. He worked in about four or five different bakeries in Galway. He finished up in, in Griffins. He worked for uh, four, four or five generations of the yeah. Griffins. John Anthony and Ethna. Yeah, there was, was one or two Anthony's was there. There was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was, there was John Anthony, which would be, yeah, the, 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 it would be the, the grandparents indeed yeah. uh, today. Um, a listener called to say she's very upset that a tree 150 years old is being cut down in Bohemore Cemetery, had been trimmed for years and now just got permission to cut it. It's really sad. I've lived beside it for 30 years. A beautiful tree in the summer, full of uh, beautiful birds. Phil, will you go up and stop them cutting that tree down? I just hope to stop beside my yeah. brother's grave. <laughs> I hope yeah. to stop beside my mother's grave. I'm going up. <laughs> Phil, is on the, Phil is on the way, so she is the there from there. Are classically trained. Uh, uh, yeah. Listen, guys, thanks for joining us uh, today. Willie, thank you for joining us. Oh, sorry, Mr. Skirrett. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Will you please do something about your, your Mr. Skirt about your roundabout? It's, ca- it's causing us a problem, so it is. It is causing everyone problems. Yeah. Listen, guys, thanks for joining. And Tony, lovely to see you. And you too. Yeah, and behave I'm yourself. sorry to hear about your mother. Just, yeah. and, uh, just said, um, 
Tommy Lawless or to Mercy, he was buried yesterday. He was, He yeah. was a great old Hibs man as well. They're, look, at they're all, they're all up there looking down on this yeah, 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 yeah. Feeling sorry for you putting up with me. Probably. Listen, can, can I just, before you go, can I just say that uh, we're all ex-members of Hibs here. This is, uh, in the last year, we lost two great legends and we'd like to wish condolences to the Tierney family and the Ward family. Two great tears for Hibs. Absolutely. Listen, thanks for joining us. That's it for today. And congratulations, by the way, to uh, the winner of the competition today in Associated Moobles uh, today. And it is um, Maura Moran from Craig Moore in Clare Galway. Congratulations. Uh, Best Buddies Society and Ability West present Best Buddies Got Talent, by the way, as well. And um, Financial Advice with Dave McCarthy will be on Monday as well. We'll be looking at that Best Buddies Society. And the last call for entries for Galway companies and community groups for a thousand euro grant. And Throker is marking 50 years with an appeal to the people of Galway to support the Lenten campaign for Somalia. That's it for today. Thanks to John O'Sullivan, who's on the desk here. Doc on the desk back at base. John Morley, who put all the work into it. Our associate producer, Phil Kennedy, who made sure that you were all vetted and were true for more people. But from yours truly, Keith Finnegan, until we join you Monday morning, just after 9 o'clock news. Have a good and a safe weekend. Thank and we shall talk much. to you then. Thank Have you. a good weekend. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye now. Thanks very much. Galway Tours, in association with Tesco. Find our award-winning Irish ranges in store and online at tesco.ie.